This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Chill Fit Cryo. Are you suffering from sports injuries, chronic pain, sleep disorders, or depression? Are you willing to try something that only requires three minutes of your time? Then you need to get some cryotherapy from Chill Fit Cryo in your life. Our friends at Chill Fit Cryo in Tempe, Arizona have been helping people with these issues for over 10 years. I've actually been seeing them for over five years to help me with injury prevention and rapid injury repair. When I tore cartilage in my ribs before a pajama wrestling tournament, Paul and his team got me back on the mat as quickly as possible. Uh, my drugs of choice are full body cryo and the cryo zone. Chillfit Cryo has allowed me to sleep better due to my shift work and also recover faster from workouts. Some of the benefits of cryotherapy include reduced inflammation and flushing toxins from the body, increased blood circulation and increased energy, improved sleep quality, targeted rapid injury repair, decreased fatigue and soreness, and a bunch of other things. Chill Fit Cryo, Recover, Reset, Restore. They're located on University and the 101 in Tempe. You can find more information about them at their website and on Instagram at chillfitcryo.com. That's C-H-I-L-L-F-I-T-C-R-Y-O. Chill Fit Cryo, Recover, Reset, Restore. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Make the Difference Podcast. Today, I have two of my favorite pajama wrestling practitioners in the room with me. Uh, Jeff Barnett, who was recently promoted from the purple to the brown belt. So he is, is uh, very close to uh, reaching that black belt. Uh, and then also Jake Bennett, who is probably my main training partner uh, since I started this this uh, journey. And they're going to come in here and tell their story. And we're going to talk about pajama wrestling and what it's done for us and what it's done for them and talk a bunch of shit all, along the way. Might say a couple fucks over here and there like we always do. As always, Chris Stewart's back in the studio with me, my co-host. So, uh, Jake, Jeff, introduce yourself. Good afternoon. Thank you for having <laughs> me. Jeff Barnett. Uh, I grew up, born and raised in Southern California. Came out to Arizona around 2003, 2004. Uh, started my career as a police officer in the state of California. and What city? I was working out in the Norwalk area and then San Bernardino. Okay. Were you like sheriff or cop or? I worked for the state okay. at that point. And that's a <laughs> sheriff position or? A police officer. Okay. Yeah. So how does that work in the state of California? Because they've got highway patrol and then they have other officers? Yeah, then they have the state police as well, which kind of got absorbed in the CHP later on. Oh, okay. Into the highway right. patrol. So you had the... They're responsible for, like, the any state-owned property, the beaches, the parks, state hospitals, all kinds of uh, different areas throughout the state. Got the, uh, yeah. Eventually, it all got absorbed into, and the universities as well, but it all got absorbed into the California Highway Patrol. Oh, interesting. So, okay. Got it. that. Uh, do you, brothers, sisters? Uh, two brothers, three sisters. Well, two now. Damn. One of them passed away. Sorry to hear that. Um, thank you. And yeah, so it was, uh, we were definitely a blended family. Really? Yeah. My parents divorced when I was five and that was a uh, fun time. Yeah. Mine was six. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So. That, that's usually somewhere between five and eight when okay. it's going to happen to most of us. <laughs> oh, really? yeah. And so that whole thing happened and uh, my dad married my stepmom. They're still married today. Married back in 1987. Same deal with my parents. They've been married. My, my parents, like 37 years, they've been married or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Sometimes yeah. it takes a couple times to get it right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm on my second, yeah. so. <laughs> um, uh, did you play sports in high school? Like, like yeah. what kind of kid were you? So I grew up playing baseball, football, basketball. Uh, okay. High school, I played baseball. And my main thing was surfing and skating. But I also, I really wanted to have a job. So went and got my work permit my freshman year of high school, started working, was building, you know, trying to save up for my first car and do all that good stuff. And uh, had a pretty good time with that because my dad, we drug my first car out of a backyard. It hadn't run in probably 20 years. What was it? Uh, it was a 1962 VW Bug. Oh, geez. Yeah. And got it, drug it out, got it over the house. He handed me a manual. He had all the tools and he said, you've got all summer until you're 16 to to get your license so get to it nice and let me kind of monkey my way through that zero direction <laughs> he uh, he always gave me direction but he he's a self-made man so he definitely likes to he'll give you parameters but he will let you bounce off the walls yeah. and make you know because that's the best way to learn is yeah figure the fuck out right? make the mistakes right yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. figure and so that uh that was an adventure in and of itself Nice. Where do you fall in, in line with all the kids? Like, you in the middle? In the middle. Oh, in the middle? Yeah. yeah. So, two older brothers. Uh, they were... One of them technically my stepbrother. He's five years older than me. He was awesome. My oldest brother, he was out of the... He was out of the house in college by the time I came around. Gotcha. Um, and so, same thing with my older sister. They're eons ahead of me, uh, age-wise. I won't tell you their age because they're all pissed off but. <laughs> <laughs> and then my then i have a I had two younger sisters and the youngest uh she passed away in 2014 she was 10 years younger than me gotcha so pretty big span then right what's the span from oldest to youngest uh it would have been at the time she was 25 and then the oldest of us would have been 50 oh geez that yeah. is a picture yeah, yeah. so she was a uh my dad always said he'll never go back to la jolla or to san diego because the rest of us were, I was 10. My youngest sister was eight. They were in their forties. They thought they were free and clear. <laughs> they took a little romantic weekend to La Jolla, came back and, you know, Hey, you're going to have another kid. Fuck that place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> babies. That's awesome. I'm pretty sure he hasn't been back since then, since <laughs> yeah. 1988. Wow. When did, uh, so you played sports in high school, like pretty easy, like high school, um, um, journey or was it like the typical or, I, I don't know what the typical would be. I I grew up in, I was fortunate enough to grow up in Downey, and we had a mixture, uh, a pretty good mixture of a lot of different backgrounds and ethnicities and race and all kinds of stuff. And so I had friends from every walk of life. Um, I was kind of a small kid. My freshman year was a little rough, got picked on a lot, that type <laughs> of thing. But, yeah. you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, I guess you could say it was the average. Okay. high school experience but um i had some tremendous coaches i was lucky enough my baseball coach he played for the philadelphia phillies in the 70s and just a wealth of knowledge and you know back then coaches were still allowed to be hard asses and right. you know so the baseball coaches hard they actually were <laughs> like, next year yeah I'm like i don't think of baseball coaches as being like tough guys <laughs> well they were also football coaches as well okay and all so right. All right. and one of them was also a wrestling coach okay then yeah so, he, He's tough then. Yeah, that was good. We 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 were, we had we had our asses kicked and we had work ethic installed, 
you know, sort of, and even at a younger age, um, I played, I grew up playing little league in a league that was formed by my grandfather and two other men in Downey back in the fifties. It was the same thing that my dad played in and all that good stuff. And so all of our coaches were all police officers, firefighters, military veterans, gotcha. you know, and knuckleheads. Yeah. yeah. Knuckleheads. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And so we, we grew up cutting our teeth under those kind of guys. Gotcha. Common criminals that found good jobs yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> Where where exactly is Downey in California? Just it, in relation, just southeast of downtown LA. By oh, okay. so, so you just go down the five freeway, got and it. it's kind of the last stop between the not so good part of LA and the beginning of Orange County. Okay, got it. Yeah, and it it butts up against. It's surrounded by a lot of cities that aren't that nice. They Paramount, Bellflower, uh, Norwalk, Pico Rivera, and so it was just small city that back in the back around the world war two days was very nice and um kind of i i almost want to equate to what like gilbert used to be oh okay before everybody from southern california moved to it right right (laughs) and uh so it was kind of the last uh holdout of the nice areas without the gangs and all the all that kind of violence that southern california had yeah very cool how many people in your graduating class it was, a, I think, a thousand of us. Oh, so it was a big school. Yeah, then. it was, it was uh, big. Yeah, not, yeah. Not a small school then. No, 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 no. After high school, what do you do? After high school, I, I started off as a police explorer there uh, in high school. What's that? It's kind of like a cadet gotcha. type thing. Okay, so yeah. you show up, you, you, have your, you have your training, and you go every Saturday, and then you've got the volunteer at the station on like Tuesdays or Thursdays, whatever it was, we're doing fingerprinting and right. that kind of stuff. And, you know, you're helping out the officers and you're just kind of learning what it's like to be a police officer. And Do you get to go out like, like on calls and shit or no? Yeah, we go on ride alongs. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And you know, we work the, the DUI checkpoints and all that fun stuff. And you ever uh, shoot anybody? No, <laughs> not as an explorer. No. No. I'm pretty sure a couple of the, the cops wanted to kill me back then. But <laughs> Why is that? Well, they had to deal with a bunch of smart-ass teenagers. Oh, yeah. So, you know, poor guys. Um, but then I got hired on uh, with a college police department after I graduated high school. Civilian employee. Worked there for a couple years. I was 18. Oh, yeah. You were young then. Yeah. And so got to... Got to work there and continue doing that while I was going to school. And uh, a couple of us had some side jobs working loss prevention for Kmart. And but we were in like the, the shittiest cities in Southern California. We were in Inglewood, Linwood, Cudahy, <laughs> right? Like white, blonde-haired white dudes. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. We blend in perfectly. Totally. Right. <laughs> and so we were constantly getting in fights with gangbangers and you know like in the store oh yeah that's awesome oh absolutely (laughs) it was just it was back then there were no rules you know for sure um so it was a good experience is that when you applied your first (laughs) chokehold uh statue limitation (laughs) you're good yeah we we came up with some creative ways to catch people shoplifting and the employees who would rip off the store we would actually hide up in the ceilings and do all kinds of this is like 18 years old yeah (laughs) i can't get more chicks that shit serious oh they used to yeah it was pretty awesome (laughs) let me do that at 18 it'd be a fucking mess dude oh we would we would do all kinds of shit we would hide in the uh the clothes racks. Yeah. So basically you went to work to fuck off. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, then they're going to give me a paycheck for like tackling dudes in the parking lot. Like, All right, fine. You know, um, it, it was a, 
perfect job for an 18 or 19 year old dumbass. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Like, there's no way. Like, like give me that job at 18. There's no way. I'd, I would be fucking things up. Oh, it would be so bad. Oh, we did we did some other stuff on the side for gay because you know when you're 18, 19, you're yeah. out on your own. You got your first place. You're broke, and you know yeah. you're just trying to make ends meet. And so we did a couple <laughs> of things. We would work. Um, a couple of the cops had security companies on the yeah. side, and so we would work all these events. And I wound up working <laughs> working a rodeo in Compton one Saturday, and. You don't hear that very often. No, no, especially now. What's a rodeo in Compton? (laughs) (laughs) What does that look like? (laughs) Uh, Just about what you'd imagine it to be. And about halfway through the event, the beer truck ran out of Bud Light. Oh, wow. They were getting it on. And they didn't appreciate that. And so they flipped the beer truck over. (laughs) And it was total pandemonium. And some asshole was going over, kicking over porta-potties. And he got into the bullpen. Let the bulls loose. Oh, my God. Was, this yeah. is awesome. So I did what any 18 or 19-year-old <laughs> would do and went and hid in the truck. Yeah, for sure. I was like, nope, not doing yeah. this. Um, but we had a lot of, lot of interesting side jobs like that. We would help repo cars. <laughs> so you go into the hood in yeah. Southern California at Getting 2, shot at. two 3 o'clock in the morning. Some yeah. people don't want to let go of their Lexus. No. And that kind of fun stuff. And at 18 years old. I, that, I didn't even know jobs like that existed at 18. They were kind of under the table. <laughs> kind of. Not OSHA approved. Yeah. Not, <laughs> there's not a big application process. No. 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 Yeah. no. It's like, hey, dude, I'll pay at the end. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can you keep a secret? And if you get hurt, you know, take yourself to the ER type thing, right? And we're, no work comp, no nothing like that. That's awesome. But yeah, we were, we were all doing that. And then, of course, living in Southern California, you're surfing first thing in the morning and going up and going snowboarding in the afternoon and doing that whole thing. So that's a pretty good, pretty good start. Yeah, it was, it was good. So from there, where do you go? Went on and got hired as a police officer, ended up going to the Academy and, uh, worked for, (laughs) for this, one of the state agencies. It was, it was interesting. How's the Academy experience? Like how long was it? Like like six months. Are they do they, or do they have them regionally in California, or yeah. do you go to one specific one? They have them regionally, unless okay. you work for, say, California High Patrol, then they send their guys strictly to their academy. Got it. I don't know what they're doing now, because this was back in 2001 right now, but um, so in that area, I went to Rio Hondo Police Academy. They had Rio Hondo, they had uh, the LA County Sheriff's Department, Star Center. Uh, the quote-unquote toughest of the time was the Orange County Sheriff's Academy. We sent a lot of guys there. And so it was, that was back when they still... Put a beat down on something? Yeah. 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 We started off with, I think, 110 recruits, and I think we graduated 40-something. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a serious attrition. Yeah. 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 I mean, they were, they weren't, they weren't nice people. And so if you weren't, (laughs) if you weren't raised... Well, if you're a shitbird, they'd probably get rid of you real fast. Oh, yeah. Or you're not used to, you, you probably knew what to expect going in there and, and how they how they tested your resolve to whether you wanted to be a police officer or not, right? Yeah, and it was, it's, it was a piece of advice that was given to me as a, as a younger kid and then as a teenager, and it's, it's stuck true even now to today. It doesn't matter if you're the toughest, smartest, fastest, or whatever. It's just that you don't quit. You don't quit. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you just keep one foot in front of the other, and bad times don't last, neither do good times. So if you can hack it, 
Cool. Well, Kmart probably got you ready for all that too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Man, get, getting like shot at. My ceiling tile hiding <laughs> yeah. skills. Right, yeah. I got uh, shot at more at Kmart than I did wearing a uniform. So. Are they always six months? That seems long. Well, in California, it depends on each state has their own post governing board, right? And so yeah. they determine what the minimum criteria is for, for peace officers. And back then it was 24 weeks. And out here in Arizona, uh, it was four months, and then it got kind of reduced. They've done some funky stuff. What is stuff, it now? Because he, you're on that. You know, I don't even, I don't remember exactly what the what the total is, but uh, sixteen to twenty weeks sounds about right from my memory. Huh. Yeah. So typically, the way it would start is you get hired, you go through the academy. If you graduate the academy, and then you come out, you start your probationary period, and your FTO period. You're usually uh, under the guise of field training officers for about a year. Uh, Arizona's a little different. It's a little bit shorter than that. Of course, everything has to be streamlined now because, well, they have to lower the standards yeah. and they have to. It's all a bunch of political horse shit that's happened. But we don't know what that's like in fire. No, not standards. at all. You yeah. guys yeah. don't yeah. have to deal with it. Yeah. I mean, most yeah. people love you guys, yeah, though. It never happens. So, yeah. Less, less, less every year, though. <laughs> and it's you being up towards the top. You don't have to deal with politics at no, all. No, no, no. It's pretty much politic free. Yeah. <laughs> every day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Show up to your job, go home, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, it, and you know, it used to be that if you couldn't hack it on training, they'd, they'd get rid of your ass. And now they're remediating people four or five, six times just to hang on because they're investing a quarter of a million dollars in each body. Yeah. And, you know, and then it, so it used to be a big deal. You make training and you take your training squad out. You throw a party. You have to pay for it. Right. Right. And, of course, things always went super smooth and easily there. And then once you make probation then you're considered good to go. Right. How long is that process before you're off probation? It's usually a year after you get out of the academy. Gotcha. But some agencies have changed it now to it's a year from your start date. So they include the academy in your probation time. That's what ours is. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they, I I don't, that's the one thing that I just cringe because I used to have, I would go teach at the academy here in, in Arizona and, uh, I had a wonderful time in, uh, interacting with the other instructors and the recruits, especially, and getting to watch them grow from that day one, you know, know nothing into, and they're little baby cops now and they're ready for field training, but they've, they've removed so much of reality and they've tried to make it the, the adult learning environment experience mm-hmm. that. What's that? Uh, we can't use stress to teach you anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. And for a stressful job. Yeah, for for like the most stressful hated job in America. Yeah, so right. we're we're going to just treat you with kid gloves and now it's the agency's responsibility and of course you just see a whole lot of hand washing going on and sounds like a mess. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's very unfortunate because yeah. you have some very good people. Yeah, I probably some motivated people. Very good people. This. Oh yeah, and they're coming out and they're like, "Ooh, they're nothing but political cannon fodder now." So how long were you with that agency? Uh, until 2004. Okay. And then I transferred and I came up to Northern Arizona and was a deputy sheriff up there. Okay. And that was... Uh, how, mu- how much area did you cover? Because I, I, in my military career, I had some dudes that were, that were um, um, whatever, sheriffs in California. 
And, and like the one dude's like, I'm the law for 250 miles or whatever. I'm like, that's a lot of fucking area to cover by yourself. My, dude. yeah, my area, there were times where I would roll to a hot call, lights and sirens, rolling code three. I would have to stop and get gas <laughs> and then keep going. So I've had, I've had legit two hour code three rolls. They're fucking, everybody's dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there was people that would, they're still there. And it's like, man, you deserve to fucking go to jail. For sure. You've yeah. had 120 minutes to leave. <laughs> I was driving 90, 100 miles an hour to get here, and you're still here. I stopped, got a burger, refilled, got my thirst bus. Yeah. It was quite the quite the change coming from Southern California to the mountains of Arizona because right. I get here, and I'd never seen an elk in my life. Right? And I'm like, what the fuck, dude, those deers are huge. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And can I pet one of those? Yeah, it's just like, what the hell is that? And just getting to see all the different things and, and you know, getting to work in that. And I'm used to. What kind of crime happens around there? Oh, dude, everything. Really? Everything. Because uh, out, out there, you have so many people who live, they homestead. And so we had a huge problem with meth. We had a huge problem with the cartels. We had a huge problem with domestic violence. And, of course, a lot of drinking, a lot of guns, and right. all kinds of fun stuff. So we had, we had everything. Wow. Everything and anything. Trafficking yeah. kind of through your areas. You know, stuff I've, going from one place to another. I-40 is, is one of the main corridors yeah. for yeah. for drugs, guns, and, and cash. Yep. So And probably, um, why am I drawing a blank, on, like, um, prostitution. Yeah, trafficking. Yeah, like human, human trafficking. trafficking. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we had quite a bit of that, and then you know you had the uh, the other thing that the mountains bring out are the constitutionalists and all of the sovereign citizens and right. stuff yeah. like that. And so it's not uncommon to hear you be out somewhere on a call, or you have to go, you have to serve some kind of civil paperwork or whatever. You get surrounded by ten, fifteen guys with automatic weapons, and you know, or you. So not today. Uh, you guys get the fast. <laughs> they wouldn't mess with the sheriff's department too bad because they only recognize the actual sheriff as the only legitimate law. Gotcha. They don't recognize city police officers, highway patrol, none of like that. The only thing, the only person they recognize is the actual sheriff himself. Wow. So it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Any close calls there? Yeah. First time I ever got ambushed and shot at. Whoa. I was up there. Um, damn near got my head taken off with a 30-odd six. Ooh. And uh, the only reason that uh, I'm alive is because I happened to step in a hole <laughs> when the guy fired. Um, so he, was, he wasn't playing. He no, wasn't going to shoot over your head or he anything. He was trying to kill us. Yeah. Um, what was the deal? He was one of the local meth dealers. was all tweaked out, his, and his girlfriend had broke up with him. He was an asshole. Right. And so one night he goes over to her house. He kicks in the door, and he's got a rifle with him and so she grabs her daughter bails out the back door he fires as she's going out the back ends up wounding mom in the leg uh, luckily he was so high he couldn't really hit shit they go around the back and and this is literally out in the middle of nowhere by an auto recycling plant and it's dark so that's kind of the only saving grace there yeah no night vision or nothing like right that, yeah. and so she ended up escaping over to a neighbor's house which was way down the road and called and so we all went out there and pulling up it sucks because you have to go in down this long driveway this long road and we're backlit by the auto recycling plant so we're completely silhouetted we're totally screwed right and he had higher ground he went up in the hills and was just waiting yeah and so we're walking in there all i had was a 45 good thing he was retarded 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Had he been a legit hunter or, yeah, you know, right. former military or just anybody who knew how to actually handle a weapon and not be right. cranked on. Eagle Scout, anything. Yeah. Um, so he let us have it, and we ended up, five of us ended up piling behind this junked-out car in the middle of his yard. <laughs> we couldn't see him, and we were in a dead zone. Cell phones didn't work, radios didn't work. Oh, Beautiful. Fuck. Oh, yeah. It was it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a great time. And so he wandered back down out of the hills for, uh, I don't remember how long it was, but it felt like forever. And so we kind of established kind of a quasi-perimeter, just everybody shut the fuck up, look, listen. Yeah. And he wandered over by the front of the house, uh, had a porch light, and all of a sudden we see him, he's bebopping, carrying the rifle. And one of the guys stands up, we go challenge him, and... He turns and spins on us, and, and it's game on yeah, it's at, over that at that point. Well, of course, one of the guys, uh, I don't, I try not to take people who talk too much seriously. Yeah. But I, I worked with this guy, and we all did, and he would always run his mouth about we were, we were shit. We didn't know anything. We didn't this, that, though, and he's big and bad and blah, 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 blah. And he was the only one of us that had a rifle. And, Shit starts flying. He hit the ground. <laughs> He's curled up in a ball. Like, give me that shit, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. You know. And so it was. Uh, it was definitely a fun night. Um, I didn't hit shit. I fired, but uh, forensics went out later, and I shot the shit out of the porch. <laughs> right. Forty-five from how far away? Uh, I think I was. They measured me at just over ninety-three feet. So That's a longer distance yeah. than a forty-five, dude. Yeah. But when yeah. he spins on you, yeah. I mean, the barrel right. looks about that big right. and all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, I got into got into a couple of shootings up there. I had I got more than a fair share of fun play up there in the rural areas. Yeah, I guess if if if, if there's nobody around and like those dudes are all fucked up on drugs or whatever, mm-hmm. then like hey, fuck it, they're, like they're gonna let it rip. Yeah, and then the the second one was uh, it sounds like a horrible job. <laughs> yeah, I should have been a firefighter. You know, know. <laughs> it's just, yeah, like, that sounds horrible. They're so happy to see you guys, and you know, <laughs> and the, the second one was another dude with a hunting rifle who was drunk off his ass and was mad. And they had a fathing gathering gone wrong. He went outside, decided it would be a good idea to start pumping rounds into his wife's car out in the driveway. So here we are again. And the crazy thing was, it was. Uh, it was in September again, right. and almost to the day from the last one. Jesus. And so we go out on that one, and uh, we all parked down the street. We jumped into one guy's pickup truck, so there was like five of us. It was just a straight-up yeah. deputy style. Right. And the hillbillies. Oh, it. yeah, man. <laughs> so we go rolling in all blacked out and get alongside the, the house, and one of our guys is taking the back. The rest of us are coming up front. We have our uh, our dog, and he comes around front. He spots the deputy who is at the back of the house and starts to level on him, and so we open fire. And um, dude ends up getting hit, goes into – he barricades himself in a car, and then we end up getting him out, talking him out and all yeah. that good stuff. Um, that's like a long call. I like my calls to be about five to ten minutes long. Mm, a mess, man. Everything we touched, it was just a mess. Need yeah. a sandwich afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. The and this was the so the first time I got got shot at really makes you take training a lot more serious. Oh, for right? sure, right? And then, but then the second one really installed in me the importance of drilling. Yeah. Because 
my rounds were grouped together. They were nice. Um, but when we went inside the house to go check on everybody, because the backstop was the house. Yeah. We go inside and we're checking on everybody and somebody says, go check on the baby. A baby and yeah. the baby's in the front room uh, where we were shooting. Yeah. Uh. And so we go go running in there and I saw bullet holes through the wall and right just right over this sleeping infant. Wow. Slept the whole time? Yeah. That's savage. And so that uh that one was like I mean I get goosebumps even thinking yeah, because Jesus sure. Christ, if yeah. one of our rounds would have went through that kid, yeah. that, that would have been awful. So but yeah, a lot of a lot of Sounds like some cowboy shit cause, because I'm sure like you guys never did any CQB back then, nothing like that, right? Like to actually enter a house together and, and like work the house and move through it together. Did you guys do any training like that? We did a little bit of training. Um, I ended up getting onto our SWAT team okay. up there. And so then, of course, uh, then we were responsible for the, all of northern Arizona. And so then, you know, he had a lot of guys who uh, a lot of them had been in the military and, and everything. We came down here. We would all go to the Mesa SWAT school and okay. we would do all that. And so we got quite a bit of training that way. How old were you at that time? I was 26, 27. Barely had that prefrontal cortex. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. How much um, did it slow down from the first sh- um, uh, conflict to the second for you? As far as uh, like, everything unfolding? Processing it. Like, yeah. Like, everything that's going like, okay, I've been here before. I know what to do. Or, what the fuck, man? I'm getting shot at. Because yeah. the first time was probably a little bit more like that. First one was a wake-up call. Yeah, right. right? It's right, kind of right. like the first time you get punched in the face. Yeah, you yeah. don't know what it's like until you get hit. Um, and that that was kind of a trip. The second one, the worst part about it was the baby. Gotcha. Right? You know, it's kind of, okay, we're, we trained for this, and everything's good to go. We were able to escalate, de-escalate. Like, once he barricaded himself in the car, but you could see his hands, yeah. you start to bring it down. Hey, dude, let's get you out of here right. type thing, right? And then we got to get in the house. We got to check in on everybody there, and obviously everybody's screwed up in the house they're all freaking out because they don't know if he's dead or alive all they heard was a bunch of gunfire right so that was uh that was a lot different yeah yeah than the first one and then uh had a few more yeah <laughs> yeah well, probably each one got uh slower right for you yeah you you again it, it's all you go back to training and there's people who and these guys drive me nuts. Like it'll never happen to me type thing, or they just don't take it serious. And you know, when you're in public safety, you're dealing literally with other people's lives, not just your own, your coworkers, but you're literally like, we're supposed to be the last stop for these people. Yeah. They're not calling anybody else. No. Yeah. And you know, there's no nine one one for us. Yeah. Right. And so you take it serious, you know? And, uh, all the way around fitness yes. training everything exactly right? yeah, you yeah. want to yeah. you know and you want to take care of yourself of course they never um never talked much about mental health but they talked about physical fitness and right. all that stuff um the the worst one i had been involved in was my last one but then also the one where uh eric Schuhandler from gilbert was killed and that was you know a nice big rolling gun battle all the way down the 60 to the top of the world and that was uh that was nuts yeah that's a long haul yeah, and... 50 miles? Uh, it was about 61, yeah. 62, yeah. I think, something like that. And then the ending was straight out of Hollywood. Once the truck came to stop there, um, it was dead quiet for a little bit, and then with the exception of a couple sirens that were still on. But then 
Christopher Dondo bails out of the passenger side and opens fire on us, and then just all hell broke loose, and the truck looked like a fireworks display because there were so many rounds hitting and sparks. As it should. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> As it should. That, that pursuit was nuts. I think they we ended up losing eight or nine patrol cars because he at one point he was in the back of the truck. He was in a construction truck with one of those harbor toolboxes and yeah. all that and he was literally throwing everything out of the truck including a kitchen sink <laughs> right he threw he threw a fucking generator my partner hit a generator and went up on two wheels and that's a movie shit oh yeah, my god yeah. man it was nuts and going through gold canyon there was fog it was pouring rain and we were doing over 100 miles an hour and you're, you're just, just like it. jesus christ i had a one of the cops ahead of me their tire blew out hit my windshield so I'm doing like the Ace Ventura thing, <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was crazy. So uh, then, obviously, you, you must have left Flag to come down here. Yeah, I came okay. down. I came down to the valley in 2009, September 2009. Okay, why'd you leave Flag? Uh, that was back when the recession was going on. Okay, and so the city council and all of their wisdom and all of their love for public safety. Um, they cut our pay by like 20% and yeah. already weren't making much yeah. up there to begin with, you know, and had kids yep. and there was one spot open in the Valley and I sold under a lucky star, got it and literally won and, uh, ended up getting it and doubled my pay overnight. You're like, I'm in. Wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah. And then yeah. came down for that and was very fortunate to work under, a good chief and a lot of good people. And Who was the chief back then? Back then it was Tim Dorn. You yeah. familiar with him? No. Uh-uh. No. Yeah, me neither. What, that was in 2009? 2009. And then you were with them for how long? Till 2015. Okay. So then what was the transition out of that? I was medically retired. Okay. For for PTSD or yeah. something else? Okay. PTSD. So a lot, of my, a lot of my career stuff, yes, I had a bunch of shootings, but a lot of it was surrounded a lot of really bad death calls, Mm -hmm. a lot of kids. You know, I, uh, Cinco de Mayo in 2006, I watched a woman burn to death Mm. um, and couldn't get her out of the car. I still have all the scars on my arms and everything. Um, I had to let her basically die because I had an infant that was ejected and had nicked their femoral artery and they were spurting blood. Um, it was a pretty bad wreck and yeah. it was one of those days where everybody's passing each other code three and there's just not enough bodies to go around. Yeah. Um, so I literally, she was trapped in the car. I never had encountered a, a situation where the steering column had collapsed down and pinched her legs. Right. And, um, couldn't get her out. Went in the car five times total. When I, when I first got on scene, the, the engine compartment was engulfed. And it spread around the passenger side, you know, and did the thing where it blows out the tires mm-hmm. and, and it worked its way around the car uh, clockwise. And so I was, <laughs> that was, uh, that was pretty, pretty heavy. Oh, you, you, you're watching it all in real time. She con- is she conscious? She was semi, she yeah. was unconscious for most of it. But then as her legs started to burn and you could hear the flesh sizzling, mm-hmm. she started to kind of wake up and moan. And, mm-hmm. um, I was going to shoot her because I realized I couldn't save her. Yeah. And I had another, and there was literally, it took fire department seven minutes to get on scene. We were way out there. Yeah. No fault of their own. Yeah. yeah right. right. Um, but there was a witness who was standing there screaming when I took my gun out. Cause Hey, if I'm trapped in a car and burning to death, you know, shoot right. me. Yeah. 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 Put me out of my misery, right. you know? And, uh, the witness actually 
pissed her pants because it was such a horrible thing to see. For yeah. sure. And then so I went over and took care of the, the infant until Life Flight could get there and medevac them out. Kid uh, lived? Kid lived. That's a win. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely lived. And, That's uh, a win. Yeah. So that was good. And then, uh, but I just had a bunch of those wrecks where a lot of my stuff, it all revolved around women or children. Hmm. Um, I had another one. So that happened. And then I had to stay on scene after that and do the reconstruction and help do that. Yeah, so I was sweet. So I was there for, you know, six, seven hours. And you just got to relive it over and <laughs> yeah. over and over and yeah. over. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I come home and then uh, go right back to work the next day. And we're right. you're totally fine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, nothing. Nothing's not, not bothering problem, you. Yeah, right? Nothing's bothering you right now. That was actually the first time I ever threw up at work. I went behind, once, once fire got there, I went behind the rig and puked. Um, so that was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had bodies explode on me, you know, the, from all the decomp and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and we have to move them and help the ME. And like, I've had them pop on me. And that, that's pretty, yeah, that's gnarly pretty horrific too. shit. That didn't make me throw up though. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you go back to work and had uh, any talk. Did anybody talk to you after that or ask you questions? How you doing type of stuff? Or, or is that before that is that was, actually a part of the, that the was before. Yeah, yeah. I got a, I got a, hey, you good from the sergeant, you right. know, and what's yeah. what's anybody going to say? Yeah, man. Right. 100%. Totally yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm yeah. good. And I'm good. I got this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, go back to work, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. It was just this slew of them. Um, and, you know, I had another one. I was first on scene. This gal crossed in the oncoming traffic, got drilled, completely busted up her chest cavity. She was pouring blood out of her mouth, unconscious. She had a five-year-old in the back seat. She was obviously going to be dead, and kids crying for mom, right? And so I picked the child up and hold them and everything like that. Um, we had my worst shift ever was I started off with a two-year-old who drowned, and they, we were lucky we got her back, and we, we kind of escorted the ambulance. We just basically told the medics, like, get on our ass. We'll get everybody out of the way. Let's go. Um, got her back, went back, went to Nate and had a woman who was killed by an impaired driver on her way home to work or from work, did that. And then as I was leaving for the end of the day, it was right on the corner for a call. It was a disturbance or whatever, but it had been upgraded. Woman had a gun, came pulling up around the corner and this woman walks out in front of her husband, her family and the whole neighborhood and shoots herself in the head. Like in front of her wife and kids, or in front of her her husband and kids, and it was like. And the interesting thing about it was, I had a friend of mine had their wife ride with me that day because she no. wanted to be a police officer. <laughs> oh, no. that last. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> she does something else now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like fuck this. Because it was you know after the the child drowned, and then of course yeah, you dude. get this lady blasted all the intersection and then this chick walks out and you know shoots herself in the head it's kind of like hey this is all in yeah. 10 hours no big deal you let's know. go have some lunch mm -hmm. yeah. yeah um so yeah it was a but your career is not the norm like for some reason you got all these things handed to you for whatever the universe gave you most guys don't get all that right yeah i i was always a worker yeah like i said i you know i i've had a job since i was 14 years old and i just was taught you work hard you work hard. And so if somebody else is paying you to do a job, you do the job, you do it right. And 
you know, with police work, I loved it. I love getting to interact with people from all different walks of life and getting to hear their stories. And yeah, as you know, you get to help them on some of their worst times, you yeah. know, but other times it's, you're saving them from themselves yeah. <laughs> most days. That, in my experience, that's what we're doing. <laughs> workers in that world, they find that work, right? Yes. Yeah, because you're doing, because you're pushing and you're going and you, you feel that responsibility and you end up on those because of your attitude and you're pushing and, and you want to do a good job. Yeah, I was no, I'm nobody special. I mean, I, I worked with, with guys and gals who they were 10 times the cop I ever was. But yeah, you, you know, you, there's definitely so much work to be done out there if you want to do it. Right. There are plenty, especially nowadays, that will go out and they're just going to hide. They're going to answer calls. They're not going to do anything proactive. And, you know, when you're proactive, it's going to find you. Gotcha. And so, um, yeah, but, but most people, no, they don't get into this yeah, much that stuff. Yeah, that much shit, yeah. So. When did, when did you realize the wheels were falling off the bus and you needed some help or you needed to make a change or whatever it was? Well, it was, uh, it would have been right around 2014. And uh, my last shooting that I got into, um, I was working one morning and there was a bank robbery that had happened. This guy went in, robbed the bank, and then he had kind of this elaborate getaway scheme where he took off on a bicycle, went around the corner to a car that was stolen, then drove to Did watch too many movies. Yeah, yeah, right. And probably a fireman. (laughs) (laughs) He had a mustache like one. Um, Creepier than Jake's or no? Definitely. (laughs) Damn. Yeah, it it was pretty legit. Um, and he ended up, but he didn't know that they had GPS the money. So we were just following the money. Yeah. And ended up finding him over in East Mesa. Watched him carjack these two guys at a Goodwill. And he was at, trying. Oh, he was definitely <laughs> yeah, he trying, was right? Trying. He couldn't figure out how we were always, how we were <laughs> just like still on his ass, right? And so he carjacks these, these poor guys, takes a truck. And I was at the, one of the driveways and I'm on my motor. And he drives right at me. It's like, oh shit, great, you know, yeah, nice awesome. big Ram pickup truck this versus a BMW fun. motorcycle. This will yeah. be cool. Yeah. So I just basically pulled off real quick, drew my gun, and got ready. Well, he he never came at me. He drove up alongside me, and this was the first time I ever had this happen. And I've dealt with some hardcore criminals in my career, <laughs> like guys from the cartels, MS-13, all that good stuff. Hardcore killers. This dude stopped, stared me dead in the eyes. And almost like dared us to come get him. <laughs> he stared me down. He completely ignored me. Punched the gas. Did a nice big burnout. And took off. And then drove right into one of my friends. Like purposely crashed yeah, into yeah. him. And so hit him. And like, oh shit. Okay, he's dead. Because that was a bad wreck. Another motor? Whenever we're, uh, it was, he was in a car. He okay. was in a UC. And... Dude spun off in the landscaping. That means undercover oh. for people. Yeah, <laughs> undercover. Yeah. Not go. a fully marked car. Right. Um, so I ended up chasing him, and we're going down Broadway, and his tires are blown, and all kinds of stuff's happening, and it's kind of surreal. And he pulls into an apartment complex, and one of our sergeants comes along past me, ends up doing a pit maneuver on him. So now he spins back around, he's facing me, and yeah. he's door-to-door with the sergeant. Um, they're kind of connected. Yeah, the they're they're basically stuck together. Wow. And my partner 
I was on another motorcycle, comes rolling up behind me, and just as he jumped out of the truck and he was drawn down on my partner. So I dumped my, <laughs> the running joke was I dumped my sergeant's bike because I borrowed his bike that day. And it was his like baby. <laughs> awesome. I just dumped it on the ground. Good. Fuck that guy. That was the first thing he said when he pulled up to the scene. He sees his bike on the ground. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? Right? I'm okay, though. Yeah. yeah I'm good. Uh, yeah. Sounds like a good boss. Yeah, he was, he was awesome, boss. But um, dude ends up taking off running, and he's running towards the apartment complex. There was people in there. There was a, a mother with her child, and so uh, Sergeant and I ended up shooting him, and he goes down. Um when he dropped, it was kind of a weird thing because at this point I had been around a, a very large amount of death, like an exorbitant yeah, amount of death like in my career, right? And it's, but I mean, you guys see it every day in fire. You got to go out on the medical calls and all the Different wrecks. Though. Yeah. yeah. But, well, you guys are the ones that have to treat them. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Not those guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he ends up going down and he dropped and we knew he was dead when he hit. And, Good um, fucker. I didn't feel anything. I felt kind of very disconnected from the whole thing. Um, it was weird because when we rolled him over to start doing chest compressions, um, he didn't look like that crazy, felonious badass that had just stared me down moments before, right? He, he was 57 years old, and he just looked like a sad old man, right? And so the, I'll just never forget the look on yeah. his face and it just kind of I, 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 I described it as a, a switch being flipped yep so when you're involved in that in a critical incident you have to stay on scene you have to you know you're not allowed to talk to anybody and of course the, the county attorney has to come out and you have to do all kinds of protocols and all sort of crap and I just didn't feel like myself at all felt very weird and I went home I couldn't sleep and didn't sleep at all. The next day comes around, and I'm starting to have a tremendous amount of anxiety, and I notice I'm having all... It was almost like a, a valve got released for every bad thing I'd ever seen in my career. So now I'm having all these crazy flashbacks. That, I watched that woman burn to death in my house. I can't even tell you how many times. It would just come back. I could be sitting there having a conversation with somebody, and all of a sudden I'm right back there. Um, I would see some of the kids that I couldn't save and see them in my kitchen. Right. And what the mind was, what my mind was doing with it was, it was fucking terrifying. Yeah. Sounds horrible. It was going nuts. So, uh, I developed a lot of anger, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression behind it. And, you know, I, but I did what everybody else would do. It's like, Hey, I'm good. Just get me back in the game because if I can get back in the game, I can stay busy. I can outrun this shit. It's good to go. It'll go away. Right. And because that's, Kind of the advice we were given back in the day when I started. Was well, and we're stupid. We're, we're monkeys. Like, yeah. how dumb are we? Like, we're men. Like, we're fucking retarded. Yeah, just, you know, let's just do it some more. Suck it up. <laughs> you know, rub, rub some dirt on it. Yeah. And, and just let's continue to do this again, and it's going to go away. It's not going to just keep building Yeah, or if I don't pay attention <laughs> yeah. to it, I'm, surely yeah. it'll leave. It's going to yeah. go away. We're good. Yeah. yeah. So, fine. it's uh, no fine. wonder women outlive us yeah, type thing, good. right? We're, we're retarded. <laughs> and, yeah, so I... I try to get back in the game, try to get back in the game. And shit just kept going sideways for me at work. I, it was just more messed up stuff was happening. And, you know, ended up going on a call where a, a, a special needs kid, uh, four-year-old, had gotten between two pit bulls, two dogs that were oh, fighting. It ended up getting his throat ripped out. Uh. 
and then the drug all over that. I mean, it was just like, yeah, so it was just more of the same, yeah. right? And um, I was having horrible panic attacks at work. I would have to stop somebody and go up to a car, and I'm just, normally I'm cool as a cucumber. I was always... The guy I know is fucking, eh, no big deal. Yeah, you know, I, I would always, uh, if you were cool with me, I'm cool with you, Yeah. right? If you make me not be cool with you, it means paperwork for me, man. Come on, yeah. right? And if I'm going to do paperwork, I'm going to make sure it's worth my time. Sounds but, like practice. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, but I, I lost my ability to interact with people. I couldn't think. I had no memory. I had no ability to have a conversation. I would have to interview people, and I couldn't remember a fucking thing they just told me. Cool. And, you know, so I would... Uh, there'd be plenty of times I would have to go find somewhere to literally break down and cry. Just losing my shit all over the place. Totally not myself. And I come home and I'm having severe anger issues and all. You have Jack and your daughter and everybody at this time. Yeah, at the time, my uh, Jack. That was one of the trippiest things ever. Was when I got home from my last shooting. Um, Jack at the time was he wasn't quite a year old. So this is your son, I'm assuming. Yes, my youngest. Okay, he's awesome. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, he's a cool kid. And uh, but to come home. You know, after you end up having to take somebody's life and now you're holding your son when, you know, I just took somebody else's son. It was kind of a very um, strange experience. Yeah. My, there's a picture of us when I got home. I'm holding, you can see I'm exhausted. I look like shit. But I'm holding him and he's playing with my hat and doing what babies do. And so that was, uh, you know, kind of a trip. And my biggest thing that translated into at home besides my anger was I had severe paranoia that my kids were going to die. So everybody else would go to bed and I was up going room to room checking on my kids. And I would just sit there in front of Jack's crib and just listen to him breathe, right? And thinking about the kids I couldn't save or the ones that I've seen, you know, had to get worked on. And as you know, you know, doing chest compressions on a human is kind of a unique experience well, and watching sure. it be done. It's, yeah. it's kind of a weird thing. Um, and, but that was my biggest thing is, you know, they're going to die. They're going to die. They're going to die. And, um, so I wasn't sleeping. And so went and found help. The, the department, uh, they tried to do right by me. The department did a, the command staff did a really good job of being supportive of me. They weren't, I can't say anything bad about them. It was the city themselves, the risk management and all the bean counters and everything like that. They can all kiss my ass. Yeah. Um, but they, at the time they had this particular therapist, psychologist that they sent everybody to. And so they sent me to her and you know, the, the worst fear you can have as a police officer is that if I admit I have a problem, you're going to bench me. And, you know, we have to carry a firearm. We have all this stuff. And we live and die by our overtime, you know, just like the fire guys. And, you know, you take me out of the game, I'm screwed, yeah. right? Um, and so and she sent, they sent me to her office, and she didn't even look at me. She was typing on a computer the entire time, kind of asked me a couple vague questions about the shooting, and literally didn't look at me. She was just typing away, doing whatever she was doing. I don't know if she was like writing an email to her boyfriend or whatever, but I literally said, cause I knew she wasn't paying attention, you know? So I, I literally told her, Hey, you know what? I kind of feel like coming back in here and burning this place to the ground. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just to see yeah, if she caught Just to see if she yeah. would, no, nothing. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. And really? I'm like, great. You know, this is who they're sending me to. Yeah, right. Awesome. So, oh shit. 
So then I ended up finding a, a really good doctor who had done a lot of work with military vets and first responders. And so then they put me on meds and that's another round of fun. Yeah. Like how much did those not help? Uh, they made everything exponentially worse, right? right? Yep. So now you take this for, you can't sleep. Well, now you got this side effect and this yeah. is, and, oh, holy shit, man. I was on six different meds <sighs> at one point. Still working? No, they had taken okay. me off. And so they gave me a, a few months to kind of get it together and try to come back. And, um, God, everything was just getting worse. How do you tell them the first time? Luckily, I had a really good sergeant. Who yeah. could, he could just tell. Right. Right. And he's like, hey, you need to. And uh, I had a very good commander as well. They were, they, they were good dudes. And so they kind of said, hey, you know, you sure you're doing okay? I'm like, well, no, not really. Right. All right. Well, hey. You know, we'll we'll give you some. They gave me time, and so um, that was obviously helpful. And but it was uh, it was just kind of a mess. And so then I thought I had it figured out. And there was you know it's that whole ego thing. And so I go back to work, and uh, that's when Alex and Alicia found me. How'd they find you? In a dark corner in the mall. Yeah, did they know Saturday, you? I know. Yeah, so that's where that's kind of where like when I saw that post that, that you made, I'm like, hmm, I I, I want to hear about this a little bit more. But I'm gonna pause you right there. Sure. Uh, sorry, you gotta follow that. <laughs> sure. that, yeah. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks for you. Though. No. So, <laughs> I'm like, maybe we should have had uh, Jake go first. <laughs> but um, Jake Bennett is 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 the other guy in the room because uh, Jeff just stole the show on, on that. Um, and uh, he's in here because we like the three of us have a pretty good bond from our gym. Um, and I just thought it was you know good to have these two together, but. Jake's got a story too, so kind of tell us what what your story is. Obviously, it's it's not going to be that good because it's just you're not that cool. Yeah, I'm not Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, follow that one. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Go uh, ahead, dude. Well, uh, I was born and raised here in Arizona, um, in Apache Junction. Um, mom and dad got divorced early on, like. Would you say you were five? Five. Yeah, I was way before that, dude. Uh, two, I think. Oh wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, I've got a, <clears throat> I've got a, older sister, who is from a different dad, a brother from the same father and mother, and we're all within a year and a half. And then I've got a younger sister who's eight years younger than I am, same mom. Okay. Uh, so, uh, we all grew up pretty close. Um, Bounce between AJ and uh, Globe and Superior. Um, not quite Superior, so just like the boonies right between oh, yeah. right between Gold Canyon and Superior. Yep. We lived out in the middle of like 50 acres on the Arizona State Trail. Pretty cool. Ever since that movie, I'm afraid to drive through Superior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which one's that? Yeah. me out. What, what that movie mean? that was set in Superior. Um, Oh, like the hills have eyes or something? No, I got. I'll think of a name <laughs> yeah. of it. I, I can't remember. But it, it's freak. It'll freak. It well, yeah. It's I scare easy, I guess. But yeah. it, it freaked me out. It's a scary place, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was pretty cool growing up. I mean, a different kind of childhood, and I kind of had a little bit of both growing up in the city, growing up, you know, in the boonies, um, and living with my mom, my uh, 
my grandpa's the one who has like that land out there so yeah my brother and sister we just go roam the hills and uh and then i got to grow up a little bit in globe my dad owned a he ran a tire shop that my grandpa owned and uh so got to kind of help my dad do work on cars and that's yeah how i started off uh did you go like to grade school in globe or uh so i bounced between aj and globe okay yeah how'd that work like you do a year here and a year there or? yeah just whatever whenever mom liked me i, I lived you. with mom okay all right when she didn't like me i lived with dad gotcha <laughs> so about every other year yeah i bounced back and forth and then by the time i was in eighth grade i was kind of done with it and kind of stayed with my dad just because gotcha. just a little more st- not that my mom wasn't stable she just kind of you know that's more consistent yeah consistency yeah, for sure um not that i mean she was always there but it just wasn't it wasn't like it was a lot easier living with dad gotcha um and then yeah globe's an interesting place i don't know if you've ever been up there but my bo- you know dan ioli because he's from that globe superior area he's a phoenix yeah. fireman yeah i mean his roots are there and i helped him move a bunch of 8816 block to their cabin and shit like that so just small place yeah it's it's uh it's finicky too right it all runs off of the off of the mines mm-hmm. and so when the mines are good globe's booming uh when the mines aren't good people disappear yeah <laughs> or they they lose their jobs and it, like the town turns into a ghost town so um yeah when time was good when the mines were good my dad's business flourished and it was a great you know great living up there and then yeah, the mines kind of shut down, and um, my dad had to find different work, so he started selling cars, and then wound up going back to uh, back to AJ, and uh, then that's whenever I wound up moving back to AJ, and uh, went to high school out there, finished up, and wrestled, you're right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I wrestled for, I wrestled in Globe, you know, did the junior high thing, whatever, but that's kind of where everything sort of came together was whenever I went back out to AJ. What weight were you in high school? Uh, I started off as a heavyweight. What? Yeah. You're a chubby little kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was a big boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yoked. yoked. Yeah, just shredded. 5'5", five, five, yeah. 240 <laughs> yeah. pounds yeah. of twisted steel and <laughs> yeah. blubber. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so... Dude, you had to get pounded on, right? Oh, man. That was probably rough for a bit. Yeah, it was good life lessons, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about those life yeah, lessons. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about yeah, your ass handed yeah, to you. Yeah, nothing like getting a good ass whipping every day by somebody that's supposed to be 250 pounds. Right. Uh, yeah. Guys, as a freshman? Yeah, I think the biggest I got was about 250. Holy wow. fuck. And then. Yeah. Uh, I can't even imagine you're 250. Um, we we might have matching like heads. Said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, Yeah, it, it was good for me because. It made me realize I don't want to be 250 pounds. Plus, you had a it, tough coach. Yeah. 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 Those coaches aren't those. Those coaches at that time weren't fucking weren't easy. No. No, and yeah, kind of helped push past all that stuff, right? You know. Um, How being, being fat's easy, right? Yeah. So I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just kind of helped. I don't know, just established that it, I don't want to be that person, right. you know, and made it 
Uh, did they fuck with you, or did it just kind of like you just that, like, the coaches? Or? Yeah, like hey, fa- you know, were they always constantly on your ass to lose weight and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, you know, it wasn't really them. What happened was whenever I moved from Globe to um, to AJ, um, overweight, right? And yep. uh, and then I've got this scar on my head. It yep. Tell a lot of people I got shot one day, but <laughs> not true. Yeah. Yeah, so I had... Uh, it's a better story. Yeah, it's a really good, <laughs> good, easy story. People go, oh, yeah. Yeah, sweet. No, well, what really happened is I got... Uh, I was playing football, and I got an infection on my head, and I got just this big, nasty, like, rolling boil on my forehead. Sweet. So I was the big, fat kid with the giant bump on his oh, head. Man, you had, oh, you yeah. had a rough yeah. start, Dude, It was awesome. Chick yeah. stick that. Yeah, they loved it. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. They were just drooling all <laughs> over me. Beating them off into the stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was disgusting. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it, it just kind of pushed me to, I don't know, want to take care of myself physically, I guess. And That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it was, again, kind of like those lessons you get from getting your ass beat being 250 pounds when you shouldn't be. Uh, going through those experiences kind of just helped, yeah, helped me want to stay looking good, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, there's... There, and feeling good more there, than more there's so. a lot there too because if you're getting your ass beat every day but you're going to continue to show up and get your ass beat even more yeah like there's a lot of resiliency a lot of toughness like lots lots lot, lots of lessons to be learned that at the time you're like fuck this sucks but pays dividends down the road yeah yep uh yeah so that's that so sophomore year still heavyweight oh yeah so uh started off as a heavyweight and then uh yeah i decided you know, I'm done being this fat kid. So I didn't know what I was doing. My coaches didn't really know what they were doing as far as like nutrition and stuff. So yeah. just don't eat and work out a lot. That's it, man. <laughs> you get a piece of, piece of bread for breakfast. You get some fruit for lunch yeah. and a can of tuna for dinner. You do that for a couple months. Yeah, the wrestler way. Yeah. You go. <laughs> Boom. 180 pounds all of a sudden. 70 pounds. That's yeah. fucking a lot, dude. In, in two months? Uh, I, I think it, well, I started playing football, so I'm sure it was stretched out between there, but gotcha. it was a solid, yeah, 30 pounds. Yeah. Uh, and then just fell in love with wrestling, man. You You're know, like, I'm actually pretty good when I'm not fucking 80 pounds overweight. Yeah, it was crazy how light I felt, <laughs> right. man. Like, yeah. like, nimble feet. Nimble, nimble feet. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, broke the lineup my sophomore year, um, and then just started losing more and more weight just getting more dedicated right putting more time in finding like the success with it mm-hmm. the more time i put in the more success i found that's wrestling uh with you know every high school everyone i guess uh high school is challenging as far as relationships stuff like that go and every time that some kind of relationship would fall through i'd fall back to well, you know, it doesn't fall through is wrestling, right? So sure. you just dive further and further and further in. We're still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm 31 and I'm still yeah. doing the same We're thing. still fucking doing it. I'm right there with you, dude. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I wound up uh, having a decently successful high school career. I wound up placing fourth my junior year and second my senior year. Uh, I walked onto a wrestling program and a Division two program in uh, Minnesota uh, Minnesota State Moorhead um, wrestled there for five years redshirted and how do you get from Apache Junction to Minnesota walking on I know that's crazy right yeah so uh, we had we had a 
heavyweight that wound up getting recruited for football and for wrestling. And the guy that came out to recruit him just kind of talked to me. Didn't, you know, there was no money to be had, but right. like, hey, if you want to wrestle in college, here's a place. It's not very expensive. It's yeah. pretty fucking cold, and there's a lot of factors. Yeah, it's yeah. way different <laughs> than here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and there's a lot of chicks that have a winter coat all year round. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How's that sound? L- looking, back at, yeah, <laughs> looking back at it, about five, another five grand a year would have been worth it to go to California or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we talked about yeah. the one time. We're like, dude, why don't we just go somewhere fucking cool where we could snowboard, mountain bike, yeah. do shit like that? And so, like, oh, I got to go here, I got to go there. I'm like, we're so fucking stupid. Yeah. It, just about anywhere would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. The people out there are awesome. Uh, you know, those cold, hard winters bring people together. It makes for good people. Makes uh, for a lot of drinking. <laughs> lots and lots of, yeah, there's a lot of drinking out there. Um, but, yeah, I did the, did the five years there. Um, wound up qualifying for nationals one of the years. Um, uh yeah, that was that was about the brunt of my success. Yeah, Jake says he 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 was famous for always going out and losing his first match and oh, yeah. <laughs> wrestle back in every fucking tournament. He's like, yeah, that's pretty much par 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 for the course for me. Yeah, <laughs> those are my favorite medals, man. The ones you had to like really grind <laughs> yeah. to get through, right? I, I like to just make ended up uh, end up in the finals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to take the other path. It's too fucking long. <laughs> yeah, I've been through that one a couple of times. <laughs> So stayed there five years, graduated. Got the fuck out of there, dude. What's yeah. your degree in? Business admin. Okay. Yeah, so that's a cool story. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was going to be a pre-med. Yeah. Well, my mom thought I was going to be pre-med. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to go to school, get this biology degree. Turns out you have to want to get a biology degree. Yeah, you dude, have to really want it. Ain't it ain't fun if no, you don't like it. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I, I don't think even the pre-med people like it. They just know they have to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I showed up. I've always been... I wouldn't say I'm super smart, but I get through school just fine. I can kind of, yeah. I'm not a dummy. Right. And that's the way I played it. Right. Uh, you actually have to read. <laughs> uh, Stupid. Yeah. Uh, so I would go to class, kind of do what I did in high school and just sort of fall asleep and <laughs> hope that I retain the information. Yeah. That did not work out. Uh, after my first year, I wound up with like a 0.7 GPA. Yeah. Ooh. So that's hard to stay eligible. Yeah, 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 they don't let you wrestle whenever you have a point seven <laughs> yeah, GPA. Right. So no matter how good you are. Yeah. So I wound up uh wound up switching degrees. Uh business admin was way more my speed. <laughs> right. I could show up it's and kind of <laughs> soak in the information and still get by just fine. Wound up with like a three one, three t- three three. Nice. So sleep on your book and, and get it through osmosis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely more where uh yeah, where I belonged. But in that journey through college, like like I've heard you talk a little bit about going to some camps and stuff like that. Like, how did that? Yeah, how did that kind of shape you as a man and your career in jujitsu now, or whatever our amateur career in, in, in jujitsu? Because that 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 experience there, just from training with you, being with you, talking with you, us coaching other younger athletes, stuff like that. Like, that had a profound impact on you as like a person today. Oh yeah. Uh, so whenever uh, when I got done. Uh, qualifying for nationals, I came back and I'm like, I always, I was always kind of pushing to try to figure out how to do better. The school I went to was, I don't want to say it was a terrible wrestling school. It wasn't, it wasn't great, right? right. It wasn't St. Cloud. It wasn't, it wasn't the U of M, right? So you have to really dig to find those opportunities to grow. And uh, 
opportunity presented itself afterwards and I was uh, asked if I wanted to go coach at uh, J-Rob Wrestling Camps, which that's like uh, they're 28-day intensive camps <coughs> where basically they take these high school kids and they run them through four-day practices and just beat the crap out of them, uh, give them opportunities to grow, right? And uh, so the cool thing is the University of Minnesota, one of the Gophers are like one of the best wrestling programs in college wrestling. Uh, the guy that runs it was the head coach there. And uh, so you get all these guys from the Gophers that are also camp counselors. That's what you call yourself, camp counselors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, man, it, as a, as a counselor, it was a grind because you do all the, you try to do most of the workouts with them. Sure. And, but yeah, it was, what a cool experience getting to wrestle with guys at that level. And, um, and also, to teach right like there's no better way to learn than to teach you don't yep. you don't realize how much you don't know until you start trying to teach somebody something for sure and so yeah teaching those high school kids how to be more than more than like wrestling technique and stuff like that how to just be tough and how to train just hard that grind yeah how to grind uh yeah it was invaluable and it yeah it it's pushed i mean it's helped <laughs> with everything in, in my life you know push through whatever challenges that I've the good and the bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So wound up having that opportunity, uh, finished, finished college, came back and, and you always knew you wanted to be a fireman, right? Yeah. Uh, when I was in high school is when I kind of recognized it. Um, I had a coach. Well, my dad, like I said, he, he worked for, he's just a hard worker. He uh, spent all his time working 10-hour days, 12-hour days, six, seven days a week. Um, he still does. He's a GM for a car dealership now, sells cars. And uh, I just remember growing up, <clears throat> and he's doing it to take care of me and my brother, right? Uh, but just gone all the time, always, always working to take care of us. And uh, I remember having a coach in high school that was just there for everything every practice every tournament um was it mcmahon senior or it was uh his name's rob okay so rob rob Roy. yeah, yeah. Okay. and uh yeah i just remember being like how does this dude like have, have a job, a job? <laughs> yeah the fuck does he do? <laughs> who's paying yeah. him yeah <laughs> right. and so, need to get on that fucking program yeah so that's what that's what caught my eye for it was just the <clears throat> Yeah, the availability, right? The vacation, all that stuff. Um, the ability to have a life outside of work. Um, and then and then I did a ride-along. I'm like, oh, this is just like hanging out at, you know. Yeah, I mean, practice. we do our job, but yeah, but, sure. but yeah, it's, you, you're just one of the homies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so. Talk a bunch of shit to your buddies, hang yeah. out, work out, like all the shit that, that retarded males like us want to do. That's it, yeah. <laughs> So Play Xbox, cook, lift weights. <laughs> easy. Yeah, easy whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, easy, easy. Sometimes in a different order. Yeah. 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 It's not always the same order. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so in high school, I kind of thought about it, did a couple ride-alongs, figured out this is awesome, and then, yeah, I was hooked from there. Um, came back from from college and... Uh, started testing right away, got my EMT. Just like, I mean, 
that whole grind mindset like it made it easy everybody talks about like oh, you got seven eight ten years it's gonna yeah. take you to get you know how about one yeah yeah how about how about <laughs> i just make it my job and yeah. then i'll make it happen and i'll smash it yeah so um yeah got picked up within a year and it's been awesome i love yeah i love my career what year did you start 2014 14 okay mm -hmm. nice good for you paramedic engineer work mm -hmm. on a busy truck downtown yep yeah ladder engine 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 yep okay so yeah. you actually work yep yeah yeah, good. <laughs> yeah i'm on engine yeah. uh yep downtown mesa awesome place to work it's a booming community <laughs> and it's cool too like i don't we used to do this right but um he has the opportunity to work in training as like as an rto as an engineer um, yeah at their training academy right. like they have some younger cats like him that are able to get down there and get after it with those younger recruits it's super valuable opportunity for 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 the guys in the field and for the the recruits to have people there like that yeah, he, he says he has to grow the mustache so they don't fucking think he's think he's twenty years old. Because when he shaves, it looks like a fucking baby down there. It's like I gotta grow the mustache back. You gotta, yeah, you gotta establish the dominance first, <laughs> and then when you phys and then later on you can physically establish dominance and then get rid of the silly mustache afterwards. <laughs> He's taking a few pages out of my book when it comes to fucking with recruits and and, yeah. and, 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 and his fellow peers. Like we used to, uh, I had ran that course so many times. I started wearing a fucking weighted vest uh, like underneath my turnouts. I'd wear a fifty pound weighted vest, and like some of the recruits. Matter of fact, Chris Froming was like, like one of me. It's like, dude, you remember that time that we ran through there? And I was like on your heels pretty much and then afterwards you're like yeah good job dude and I was feeling pretty good about myself and then you took your coat off and I saw you had a 50 pound fucking vest underneath all of your shit I'm like yeah dude you're not gonna catch us we're fucking we're trained that's how it is but he said he did it to, to some of his peers kind of kind of fucked them up a little bit yeah it's always funny to watch their face as you're peeling off the coat and and they, you have what yeah they lock eyes on the vest and they're like what the fuck this is bullshit um any highs, lows in there? Anything like that? In the uh, academy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Probably easy for you. Right? Yeah. It was, I mean, it's it just, easy. Yeah. It's all fun, man. Yeah, for sure. It's just a blast. It's kind I of did. badass when everything is cool, huh? Yeah. 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 It just, just, yeah, no no qualms with being out there, man. How long are your guys' it, academy? Uh, 16. Okay. They do they do like an EVOC thing, though. So What's really, that? Where they learn to drive ambulance, ambulances. Okay. Yeah. They've kind of standardized all the training academies, Mesa, Phoenix, Glendale now. To, it's a very similar curriculum and time and all that. Okay. Kind of, kind of do all that stuff. Yeah. Then you got married in there somewhere, right? Yeah. So in 2000, <coughs> 2017, the end of 2017. We had Georgia. Yeah. Got a, a daughter named Georgia. I fucking love that name, <coughs> dude. It's yeah. It's a super it's cool, cool name. It's, it sits, her, uh, sits well with her. Um, <coughs> yeah. Uh, she's she's gonna be three in November. Uh, <clears throat> that was a uh, that was an interesting moment in life. Um, yeah. Uh, she's she's awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Um, when did you kind of like? So back to you. Uh, you're in, you're in a mall looking like a serial killer or something and, and our coaches there it's, it's a male and female combo 
Alicia is a is a female women's world champion, black belt, but wanted it brown. Alex is her husband, uh, ex army, ex secret service, ex cop. Um, proud, they're pretty much the salt of the earth type people. Like they will yep. they will lay in the street for you. Yep. Without even um, knowing you, kind of a deal. So I'll preface it with that, and then so they see you in the mall, like where are you at, like Chick Fil A or. <laughs> Panda Express or where you at? No, I was I was back in the uh, the back of the mall one Saturday night because it was kind of a, a sweet little gig. We we'd have off duty jobs, yeah. And so patrol used to every Friday Saturday night they'd hire a patrol officer to come in and work Santan Mall, right? Well, one night the motors took it and the mall owner really liked the idea because we could zip all over the place, and so we stole it from patrol and that. <laughs> Uh, but they love that too. Oh right? yeah, yeah. So awesome. like, yeah. Oh, cool. Thanks, fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks, so, fuckers. It was your overtime, bud. Yeah. Um, but I was working it one night, and I was in a particularly foul mood because I'd come back to work, and <laughs> I just was not. Man, I was having a, I was having a bad time. Um, you know, it'd been more of the same. More friends have been killed. I've had a lot of friends killed. I've had a lot of friends commit suicide. One of my old partners committed suicide because of PTSD. Um, and then you know my. This was shortly after my sister killed herself because of it. She was she was raped, and sorry, man. Wow. Yeah, so she she ended up using my duty weapon from L.A. Oof. You know, in my parents' house, and it was a pretty bad time. Yeah. And uh, but I was so I was just letting that kind of stuff crush me, and yeah. I was just angry as fuck all the time. You're and a fucking warrior, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, no, you man. Are, I, yeah. I'm nobody special, yeah. man. I, wow. I just, I was trying to, a lot of it was ego and a lot of it was, you know, I got kids. I can't yeah. fail. I can't fucking fail. I got, you know, got kids. And so, trying to do that. And one night I just, you know, I'd had enough of the general public that night because people are, stupid. most people are cool, but yeah. Yeah, we were under a lot of really stupid stupid people. Yeah. And, you know, it's called job security. That is our business. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to sit there and I'm, I'm in the shadows. I'm putting a dip in and I'm just going to, I'm, I'm one step at a time in it right now. And all of a sudden, Alicia comes up to me. I saw the, the Sandoval family walking by and the dark part of the mall. And she comes up to me and I'm kind of like, fuck, now what? Yeah. You know, and. Uh, according to the story, she did the same thing to Alex. She's like, hey, we should go talk to that cop over there. And he's kind of like, hey, he doesn't look like he's in a real good mood right now. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was a lot bigger. Yeah. Okay. I was 210 pounds. Yeah. Right. And I walk around at 170 yeah. now. It said you're a chunky monkey. When we, when well, you I, was, I was really big into like powerlifting, right? Gotcha. And then I was eating 4,000 calories a day. <laughs> right. Yeah. So and then she had this gigantic head and shit like that. And Alex <laughs> called me pumpkin head. Okay. But yeah, she came up and she said, "Hey, we're uh, just let you know we we opened up a jiu-jitsu school. We're over here in Gilbert, and you know we'd like to we give discounts to, to cops and firemen and military vets and stuff. And say, so, hey, why don't you come over and try it? And jiu-jitsu was always something I'd wanted to do, and you know I was pretty much at the point where like I got to do something because mentally I was done. I was done. I was well, I was walking a really dark path." Um, to date, up to that point, I had lost five friends to suicide, right? And then, you know, my sister did herself in. And uh, to me, because I had seen so much death and so many suicides, and, and so to me, I started going down that path myself. And that was, those were some dark, dark fucking days. How long is this before you end up uh, leaving the job? 
Uh, this was about about a year before. Okay. All right. So, because yeah. uh, I retired in I retired June June of two thousand fifteen. Okay. I was retired, All right. All right. and so, but you know that that thing that had been instilled in me by my coach, my dad, and everybody is, you know, my dad's a Vietnam veteran. My uncle was a Vietnam veteran and it's just, you don't quit. You don't yep. quit. Life's going to suck, but you don't quit. And so, uh, some days were pretty bad. They were pretty close. Right. And so I fuck it. I'll go give it a try. If it sticks, then we'll see what's up. And if it doesn't, then, you know, I, I had a legit plan. I was, I was done. Right. So I went in and, this uh, is the, at the first academy, right? Yeah, this is the I, very first I'm academy. I'm way past all these times. So that's a oh, pretty yeah. small academy, right? Not too many people. You're well, all you're all white belts, right? Yeah, There's a little no two thousand square foot thing next to a Chinese massage parlor. Yeah, right? yeah. Yes. strip mall recovery right afterwards, oh, dude. dude. It's a recovery time. Right oh afterwards. my god! <laughs> they used to come over. They used to get so pissed off when we were drilling because we oh, were we were slamming each other into the walls <laughs> yeah. and stuff, and they come over and yell at us. Yeah. And, uh, they walk one You're of trying them. Trying to give happy endings. You guys are fucking oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> ruining it. <laughs> it was, no, no happy endings with you guys. <laughs> it was straight up comedy all, all the time. And so. Uh, Who was the highest belt in there at the time? It was Alex and Alicia. They were both brown. <laughs> so it was whites and then blacks. And yeah, dude. It. It was, no, there were no black belts. Oh, they were even blacks? Yeah, yeah. Brian, Alicia and both Alex and Alicia were brown belts when they opened that school. <laughs> so nothing in between that. Not, oh, and, God, I wish well, I would have been there for that. Forrest was a blue belt. Oh, yeah, he was gangster. Yeah, yeah he so was, Forrest was a blue belt. Big right? kid on the block. Um, you probably know Forrest. He's a PIO for Mesa. Um, what's Forrest's last name? Our Smith. Guard? Smith. Smith. Oh, I, draw the blank. Oh, I recognize the name. He's but on like real I... police stories or in the shit that is. What the, I don't <laughs> forget what it is. Anyway. Okay, yeah, on, on, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lucky him. Yeah. But Live Rescue. Yeah, Live that's Rescue. That's what it is. Oh, sweet. Yeah. They canceled the cop version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Can't see that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, it was just a, we had a whole shitload of white belts. And like <laughs> they, so it was just fucking pandemonium, dude. It was just like. That's Gerard says, like we're just trying to kill each other. Every oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, I remember when, I remember the first time Gerard came in, right? I had already gotten a stripe on my white belt and everything like that. And Gerard comes in and. And he looks like a white supremacist. He was wearing sweats with a wife beater. <laughs> and I'm looking at his tats, right? And I'm yeah. like. This dude's done time. Right? And every other cop in the place, well, we all zeroed in on him. Right. Right. You know, he's like the sweetest guy in the world. That's and Liz, I love him and Liz to death, man. But yeah, he comes in and I'm like, what the? We're looking at his tattoos. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, bro, you, hey. Yeah, Polish mafia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, then he opens his mouth and like, oh, shit, you're from the Eastern Bloc. Okay. Right. Yeah. Even better. But, you know, you, you heard his story. It's nuts. Yeah. Right. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. But we had, we had a bunch of people who just, and we would just drill and drill. And then, I mean, forever. Alex drill, right? Forever, like, yes. Like, like put on hollow notes and Rocky music. Oh, <laughs> God. I can't hear the Rocky theme at all, man. I, I, I swear to God that, like... First I, time I heard it, I'm like, you're kidding, right? Like, this is really, this, this really a song we're going to drill to? Whenever right that comes on or, like, this particular salsa song comes on, it's like, oh, shit, here we go. Like, it's, <laughs> we're going into hell today. And But, yeah, he would turn the AC off. Yeah, and we make the wall sweat and all that stuff, and you have guys running out. So it's in that little strip mall right there. They have a restaurant on the other side. There's a barber and like a, a shaved ice place and stuff. So we got guys running out in the parking lot and puking everywhere. They like out. That's like one of Alex's deals. Like like he wants to make somebody throw up. Yeah, yeah. That's that's his deal. Yeah, and like Gerard and I, we got into it. 
one day. Really? Yeah, and Alex drug us back into the locker room and made us settle our differences. Really? Because we... How'd that go? You just you guys, you guys just started going after each other? Yeah, we went after each other on the mats. Okay. And it, it was turning bad real quick. Right. And so Alex drug like, two motherfuckers get in here and they get going, <laughs> da, 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 and figure this shit out. And the, we ended up talking it out. And now we're like close as can be. Right. right? It was, a, it was hilarious. And, um, you know, we, we started with this core group of people. And then I remember when Jake started. Was that first Academy, second Academy? First Academy. Okay. And, you know, he This came. is at 14 or 15? It was 15, wasn't it? Yeah. I started in 15. Yeah. Okay. And so he came in, and you know we all know how fast his hips are. Yeah. Right. Fucking hate him. Yeah, and I was telling him, <laughs> I was like, I remember the first time you came in and we rolled and everything, you fucking arm barred me. Yeah. Right. And Everybody. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, of course, now here we are, build purple belts, brown belts, this, that, yeah. and the other, and it's the same. still the same old story, right? <laughs> and just more skilled at it. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's like actually technically <laughs> applied, not brute <laughs> force, <laughs> right? And when they go to show some other armbar entry, I'm like, can you not fucking show this today to Jake? He yeah. already has enough in the fucking arsenal. <laughs> he, he needs no more in the toolbox <laughs> for a fucking arm. Because sometimes I'm like, God damn it. Like, I'll say it right out loud. Because that's just how it goes. Some days you're the hammer, sometimes you're the fucking nail. And I'll have a good day with uh, Jeff or Jake, and then sometimes I'll have a day where I'm like, Dude, if I can armbar one more time by fucking Jake, I'm going to punch myself in the face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've, I had to change my style of jiu-jitsu when you guys, when he came in, when you guys came in, and I had to start yeah. studying, like, this anti-wrestler <laughs> shit, right? And then now you guys start picking up jiu-jitsu, and it's like, oh, no, yeah. don't don't give them, no. You it's, know? Only, it's only a matter of time. Don't do that. Right, yeah. so he shows up in 15, st- still, still a bunch of white belts, or are you a blue belt at the time? Um, I got my blue belt in, it took me, what, a year and a half Okay. to get my blue belt. It's pretty slow. Well, I mean, yeah, look at me, yeah. right? I've <laughs> 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 never, I've been called a lot of things, but like a quick study is not one of them, so. Can't even bust his balls, he goes right into it, it's pretty good. Yeah. So, all right, so you got your blue belt, you're a blue belt, you're a white belt, what's kind of your deal, like impression like of the gym when you walk in there for the first time? Uh, I had... I had tried a couple other places out, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, jujitsu ju- ju- places are interesting. Tell me about the first one, because <laughs> you, you told me like the one it was like uh, self defense day or some shit yeah. like that, and you showed up, right? I can't remember. It, it was some kind of like Lotus something Likers something. or something oh, like Lotus that. Lotus Club. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it was. Some kind of crazy name. They do like <clears throat> crane poses and stuff. Sweet. <clears throat> so. Naturally, I was way into it. <laughs> yeah, like, um, this is going to be awesome. They used a lot of Japanese terms, uh, which is cool. But um, but then they would try to apply some of the techniques and stuff. And like it was obvious that this was kind of a crock. Right. You know, uh, so it, that happened twice. And I was like, maybe this jujitsu thing's it's bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I think, oh, it was, it was from Forrest and Rob and... Okay. Uh, These are their Mesa guys that are that are, uh, Force is now a brown <coughs> belt. Rob's a purple belt, but he's a, a world champion at blue or purple or something. They're like legitimate dudes or whatever. Yep. Yeah, and they just invited, told me to come check it out, and yeah, I knew right away. I was like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be like because there's you no crane Yeah, you, you go right. <laughs> you're, you're just wrestling. I mean, yeah. With they pajamas. call it fighting. Yeah, you put yeah. pajamas on and you wrestle. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I I bought in right away as soon as I got to Alex's gym just because. Is applicable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So how long are you guys there? Is that a year before um, you guys move? We were there till 2017. 
do you do you start to see a change in your personality immediately, or you just know this is for me, this is helping? Well, when I when I went in there, I trained. Um, Alicia kicked the dog shit out of me. She's she fucking she tough, dude. Beat the fucking yeah. brakes off bad. Yeah, right. It was like because okay. that's when she probably was close to winning the world title, right? Because she's she'd already won her. Yeah. Oh her yeah, so title. she's in her prime. <laughs> yeah, she's in her prime, right? And so she just wrecks me, and yeah. it just it's horrible. And she's and fucking mean, dude. Like she fish hooks and eye gouges me. <laughs> Alex is like, oh, that's how you know she likes you. I'm like. I wish she hated me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I can't tell you how despondent I am on the days you don't train because then I get yelled at. Oh, yeah. Whenever yeah. he shows up, yeah. I'm, I could fuck everything up. She won't even notice. Yeah. Right? She's just all about Brandon. Well, now it's noble because, because Alicia, she is not going to pull a punch on you at all. She's going to let you fucking have it. Like, yep. like no matter what. It's usually... Uh, we are joking one time, uh, Jeff and I were drill, were drill partners, whatever, and she starts fucking yelling, and she's like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, we just had a bet to see which one you're going to yell at first, <laughs> uh, Jeff or I. Uh, I owe Jeff 100 bucks. <laughs> but, yeah, so now it's noble, but uh, she's, she's just a tough lady. Yeah. Caring, yeah. but tough as fuck. Absolutely. You know, and but they'll, they'll shoot you straight both times. You know, both people, they'll just absolutely shoot you straight. And But I, I noticed that... Um, I enjoyed it, right? This I'd never been challenged like that before. I mean, there were times in my career going through the academy, you know, I broke my ankle like the first week, and so I was literally duct taping it and having to just tough through it. And then different assignments I had um, presented a lot of challenges, but then actually getting able to go in there and, you know, where you don't know anything and you can see the disparity in knowledge. And something in me went, no, this is absolutely for me. Plus, I just really like the fact that they worked us hard, right? They, they work hard. That's one thing we're known for. We're known for conditioning. We're known for being able to grind our opponents in the dust. And so... I don't uh, know anything else. Like, that's, that's the only place I've been to. I'm like, oh, this is like wrestling practice. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, this, to- this feels totally normal. Like, I didn't, I didn't get to go to practice the crane technique or, <laughs> or the McDojo life. You missed out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it was awesome. So we ended up expanding, and we go to the second place, and then things took off even more from there, and they ended up getting a, a sweet deal at the this last place that's pretty big. Right. You know, we were all proud because we were putting in – was it you that knocked a wall over on me at the second academy during the construction? Maybe. <laughs> Dude, we, were, we were in there working, putting I in 12-hour days. Nor, oh, yeah. <laughs> nor did I, that's David. We were in there putting, like, 12-hour days in – knocking walls out and shit like because it was a dentist office when we took it over okay. so we had to take out all those rooms and all this stuff well, so you guys got sweat equity in this oh whole absolutely place. yeah, yeah. yeah but, but that's they're the ogs but alex and alicia honestly they breed loyalty they really do and this team the carlson gracie team they they're all about if you trace the roots of the team it's all about loyalty and you know it's all about kind of being a little psychotic it really is. We have some nutcases on our team worldwide. We have some legit nutcases. Nobody in this room. Yeah, none of us. <laughs> yeah, um, completely stable. Yeah, but can't you tell? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they totally they they drug me out of a dark place, man. They kept me. They they gave me a reason besides my kids to keep going, and so I owe them immensely for that. So yeah, absolutely. And you know, when you when you see what Alex and Alicia do, they're they're loyal as hell. They will go to the wall for you without even asking, mm-hmm. right? I, I can't tell you how many times I've called Alex and he's dropped everything at the last minute to go to a different state for me to compete to coach me. Same. And wow. stuff like that, right? Same. And, you know, um, 
so yeah, we we have a lot of we have a lot of people who will absolutely show up, no questions asked. And so yeah, we were knocking down walls and laying down mats and all kinds of stuff. And somebody knocked an entire wall assembly over on me. <laughs> It's probably uh, Jake. Yeah, it was probably Jake. I blame Jake. Yeah. Uh, but we were there, but then it continued to grow and grow. Our kids, our kids program really took off. And you know, f- the kids are killers. The kids are savages. Especially the girls. I'm like, God, those girls they're, are savage, they're dude. They're absolutely a pleasure to work with. These kids, um, and I've seen a lot of them grow in the last seven and a half years from these little kids into these teenagers who are going out and now they're, they're wrestling for their high schools and stuff like that. Just killing it, both boys and girls. I just watched women's wrestling in the Olympics, mm-hmm. and it was bad to the bone. Yeah. yeah. yeah, Gets better every year. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and to to watch an American become the second woman in the world to win a, a gold medal in wrestling, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that's, something to, that's something to behold. Yep. And, but that's all work ethic, and that's all positive attitude. And, you know, and, but, yeah, we go, and that's what these kids have. They're just... We, we got to smoke them every once in a while. <laughs> you got to give them a check because they're kids, right? Right, 100%. But, Jesus, they are just, to watch them compete and watch them under fire, they are just amazing. They're just amazing human beings. So so, 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 so somebody who's a, a jiu-jitsu dummy like me, when you guys show <laughs> up to train, is it a prescripted deal that the coaches put you through? Or is it sometimes? Um, or is it self self-regulated or self-taught in any way oh no 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 no, no, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. um Us idiots, I mean, yeah it would be that thing you put a group of monkeys in a room with a typewriter and basically <laughs> yeah. write you a novel type thing right but yeah. uh no they you, your usual class is you come in you have your warm-ups and your calisthenics and stuff like that your core conditioning then they get into drilling or they get into technique and you do that for the first hour and then you have your live sparring where you roll with each other and and usually we go forever. I mean, there's some days where we roll for two, three hours at okay. a time until everybody's lost six pounds of water weight and out of control. But it's very much, uh, there's a method to the madness. They're very good at reading the room. So if you have a room full of purple belts and brown belts and stuff, you're going to get into advanced technique. You're going to drill stuff and, you know, you're going to start picking up small details. If you have all new people, they're going to slow it down quite a bit, right? Because we, we call it white belt on white belt crime. With the newbies, they're just <laughs> it's rolling with a white belt with somebody fresh off the street. It's about the closest you'll get to being in a fight because they're 100% fear, strength, and yeah, everything else. But they don't have the gas tank or the technique to... Jake and I are never that you. way. We're always smooth. That's, yeah. It's like um, Jake's nickname is JB Smooth. <laughs> smooth you guys wear time. your singlet? Uh, we do underneath our pajamas, right. but no one okay. ever knows. It's yeah. like our... Uh, it, it, it's like our superpower. Okay. You're, <laughs> the first, you're, you're the first to know that about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, was it the community that kind of like 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 what what helped kind of help heal the PTSD on top of the doctors and stuff like that? Was it that community be, being around that community, being around those people, just something hard to do that takes your mind off everything else? Like, well, like I think you described it to me one day pretty well, where you. You know, you're a business owner. You have the weight of the world on your shoulders and, you know, family man and all that good stuff. Yeah. And you, you come in there and you're able to just function the rest of the day yeah. after you get your training in, yeah. right? And so, yeah, when you're trying to fight another human being off who's trying to strangle you or break your arm or rip your knee off, you don't have time to think about any of their bullshit, you yeah. know? And so it really helped. Like, Blocks well, all the bullshit out. Like, yeah. Like, like, that's what it does for me. Like, I'm, I'm one that's drawn to sports where I have to be laser focused like you're also going to fuck something up wreck on a bike do something like that and yep. this and this keeps me laser focused 
for however long like we're doing it. And like you said, like when I walk out of there, I don't give a fuck what's going on. Like if my car blew up in the parking lot, I'm like, oh whatever, I got insurance. Like nothing matters out there. And, and on on top of it, for me, it's being around guys like you. Like I, like I want to be around warriors. Like like I fucking want to be around tough guys. Like Jake knows, and 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 like we've had personal stuff that like goes on. And like you know that too. Like. Yep. I know, like, if I go in there and I tell you, or I tell Jake, like, today, we're going to fucking get after it. Yep. It's not why, how come, or what's going on in your fucking arm. It's like, okay, let's go. And, like, and, and you know, recently with, with, like, my mom passing and stuff like that, like, it's, it's the level of care we have for each other. And Jake knew kind of the goal I had set for her, you know, to, to have a tribute for her. And I, I like, I, I just said, like, hey, man, I'm going to need you to keep my head in the fucking game, stuff like that. But, but, but the community, the community that's built around it where Jake's like, Hey, you good? What do you need from me? How can I help you? I'll fucking be here. Like no matter fucking, like no matter what, like you guys are always there. Like, like, like you're always there. And there's not, there's not a group of men or women that I know. Cause even like Jesse and like Alicia and stuff like that, that are willing to fucking step on something and just fucking let, let it fly. Right. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean, cause it's not comfortable. It's not easy. Like get your ass beat, stuff like that. But but that that blood, sweat, and tears. Like I don't find that in the fire service because it's just too easy, um, and it can be too easy. But like with us, like we're we're there by our own fucking choice. We're paying money to go in there and just literally try and fucking kill each other for as long as we want to, for as much as as like as we need. And there's for me, there's a lot of beauty and simplicity in that. And like, where else do you find guys or girls that have that mentality? Yeah, for for me, there's something very atavistic about it. When you today's world is built around instant gratification, right? You now have a device in your hand that will answer any question known to man. You don't have to search for knowledge. You don't have to go through these experiences. And it's you want to date somebody? There's 300 apps for that. You want this? You want that? And we live in kind of a really fake, nerfed-up world, right? That's not our DNA. You know, you think about, like, our ancestors, your ancestors, where they come from, and, and the struggles they had to go through and, and what life meant back then. So getting into that and tapping into that kind of challenge, um, it just it seems very old-world. And yeah. it, it really brings out, it, it, it humbles you because it's not for everybody. You, I, I can't tell you how many guys I've seen come in, they're just inked out with all these tats and they're sleeved out and blah, blah, blah. And as soon as you get them in a bad spot or mount them. Easy. Freak, Whoa. Yeah, they, Wait, who are you mounting? <laughs> other dudes. <right? laughs> um, and they get in a bad spot and they freak out and they, their ego gets the best of them. They quit. You never see them again. Right. And that's, that's a shame because you don't know who you are. And it's also, you know, we're built as human beings. We're built for two things, struggle and connection with other human beings. Jiu-Jitsu offers both. Wrestling offers both. And I've always tried to subscribe to you don't want to be the smartest guy in the room because if you are, you're in the wrong room, right? And so to have these guys come in and, you know, uh, kick the dog shit out of me and, you know, use their wrestling and stuff like that. Um, I got two choices. I can let my ego get the best of me, and I'll, I won't roll with them. I won't do this. I won't do that. Or I can figure out, you know, what is it? How do they do that? How do they do that? Teach me. And so that, that learning is just inherent. And I think that if you, you put yourself in a position where you stop learning and you stop trying and stop grinding, man, you just die as a person. Yep. It's horrible. I and you, you see that everywhere. Everybody's overweight. 
everybody's just walking with their shoulders hunched over. You know, there's just no when it's easy. It's okay to quit. It's okay to be a pussy. Exactly. Like, like, like it's okay to be soft. Like it's, yeah. for us, it's like, that's not fucking okay. No. Like that, like, like, like we want to hold ourselves to a higher standard of, of in, 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 I think that higher standard goes beyond the gym, right? Like when we're out in public, because I didn't realize how formal it was or stuff like that. Like, like it's a cool thing. Cause, cause when I've coached athletes, it's like, Hey, you're, you're representing the team. When you leave here, don't act like an asshole. Don't be, you know, all that kind of stuff. But even, even in jujitsu, that's reinforced even more. Like, like if you're a black belt or like a higher belt, you have to carry yourself in a way that is respectful and has integrity and good. You can't be out there fucking around and, and like acting like an asshole or doing whatever else. So I appreciate that side of it too. It's like, there's, it's a self-regulating thing too, and 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 I I know, the first time I came in there, um, I I saw Alex give Jeff to look like go like go with him, so and 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 uh, Jeff wasn't being malicious or anything like that, but we were, he was just kind of feeling me out, like all right, I'm gonna put some pressure on this kid and like you know whatever else, like see if he can be uncomfortable, but um, that's like you're welcoming, but then if a guy does come in there and they're kind of an asshole, it's like we self-regulate. Like you're gonna get your ass handed to you. <laughs> by Jake and then you're going to hit Jeff and then you're going <laughs> to get all of us. Yeah, and, and It's just going to be compound and it's a very quick way to tone somebody down. Yeah. And you can't do that anywhere else. No. You know, and the other thing again with our, with our team, I've gone all over the United States and trained at different Carlson Gracie academies and you meet some of the coolest people in the world and you meet legit world champion, purple belt, brown belt, black belt, multiple time Pan Am champions, national champions, and they're just absolute killers, you know, and a lot of them are just self-made. They're just normal people who go out, you know, you look at like Tom Cronin, Professor Tom Cronin oh, yeah. from Temecula. Big, great story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he he's just, what he's been able to do, and he started his own academy at Blue Belt, you know, and... Uh, Professor Jason Youssef and a, and a lot of those guys just wow, you know, and to, to be a part of that, uh, it's very humbling. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, it just I, I don't know, like like I, I could have the shittiest day in the world, and I come in there and it's fine. Like Jake and I kind of kind of talked about that the other day. I'm gonna read something that hopefully it doesn't fuck fuck with you, Jake. But after my mom passed, and I set that goal of like winning four goals, and I specifically asked two people to be there. Uh, Jake being one of them and Alex being one of them right. just because I didn't know where my head was was going to be and um, afterwards that Saturday is like 11 o'clock at night you know like it was over and like we had finished I just sent him a text just to, just to show some you know gratitude for what he did and I said hey I can't tell you how important it was to have you there today I, I also can't thank you enough so many times today I was on the verge of cracking having you guys there help me to stay in the moment love you brother see you at dinner blah 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 and then he responds back, happy to be there. I can't count the times last year where I thought it w- where I thought I was going to lose it. All I needed was an ear and somebody to scrap with. You're always the one that shows up, dude. Awesome tribute, complete domination. Love you too, bro. See you at five thirty or whatever. It's like I don't know where else you build that shit besides the military or getting shot at with your fucking buddies or stuff like that. But it's it, it's a safer space to kind of build it. But like, and and Jake and I have talked about it before. And same thing with you, like. I haven't known you guys that long, but I feel like I've known you for 20 fucking years. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know, I've gone to other gyms and like open mats and stuff like that. But what we have at Carlson Gracie with the coaches and the lineage and all that kind of shit, it's like, dude, I fucking, I like, I told Alex, I'm like, I'm all fucking in. Like, cause, cause there was a time where I think he thought I was going to maybe not leave, but he gets a little, you know, like 
like we're his guys. Like yeah. we're his kids. Like, hey, like why are you going there or, or, or like why are you going there? And like I just told him, like, I'm not going fucking anywhere, dude. I'm in on this team, I'm in on fucking you guys. Like I, this is this is it for me. Like I'm like I'm I'm winning a fucking world title for fucking Carlson Gracie and and because of everything that they stand for. It's just it's a cool fucking place. Yeah. What do you get from it, Jake? Yeah, I'd just reiterate, you know, what you said, dude, the loyalty thing. It's it's insane. Um, it's different for me. Like, it was hard to kind of grasp because wrestling is such a – there's loyalty in your team, but at the same time you just kind of go branch out and, like, you're just trying to be the best wrestler that you can be. It, where jiu-jitsu is such a team foundation and, like, the lineage and, like, this lineage is better than this lineage. And, you know, it's very proud. Yeah. Su- super, super proud. And so that that's something that I kind of got to buy into. But at the same time, I'm kind of glad I don't because I get to still, like, I'm comfortable with reaching out and, like, understand there's value in all the different lineages, and sure. it, right? But but with that, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the brotherhood that you that you develop from it man it's it's unreal where i feel like i i can't i have it wrestling with my with my brothers but not not from a team right like the people that i wrestled with i have that connection with but not 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 a not carlson gracie team you know you're not on the same mission right thing Yeah. yeah which which it is like it's it's freaking strong man it's crazy well, and it's weird, like, we don't, like, we're not going to go into it or whatever, but it, it, every time something's going kind of fucking goofy it, in our lives, like, where do we end up? Yeah, yeah, we, at the gym. We, yeah, we end up right there fucking, like, just fucking getting after it, because that's that's kind of, that's our therapy, that's kind of the only thing that, that that helps us get through it, because there's nothing else that I've, I've done where I'm like, I'll feel okay, but, like, that, when I'm going through a hard time or whatever the fuck's going on, like, even with my mom, like, you know, she had died that day, and the next day, like, I was in there, and, like, Alicia's like, I can't believe you're here today. I'm like, there's nowhere else I want to fucking be right now but right here. Yep. So, it's like, you can't get that, you know, can't get that stuff out. Um, and then to watch, like, since I, I'm probably the newest member, like, like in this group or whatever, but then to, like, go to Worlds with Jeff, kind of watch Jeff go through that, like, like, like as a purple belt, like... I think I was kind of, eh, you know, I don't know about this style and this, that, and the other. And then to go there and watch, like, Jeff, who who would be, you know, obviously senior than me, to watch him kind of go through. I'm like, motherfucker, like, this shit is legit. This is some magical power shit because <laughs> because, because uh, as a wrestler, I think Jake can attest to it, like, we, we want to fall back on our wrestling skills because it works. Like, we can go out there and, and wrestle and have a match and win off point or, or something like that. But then that's kind of when everything's solidified for me when I'm like, holy fuck, like, Jeff is out there fucking crushing it. He's shutting down everything, fancy bullshit move that these guys are trying to do. I'm like, pass, 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 pass. You got kind of fucking ripped off in the semis, but, hey, ended up third in the world last year, so, so that's pretty good. Um, it, I, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of hard to, hard to encapsulate it or just, like, talk about, like, what it's done. And, and, and for me... This this last two or three months, and I kind of we kind of feed off each other, like you know, to see Jake go out there and win double gold, and I want to win double gold, and he wins four golds, but I want to go out there and win four four golds. We just keep kind of leapfrogging each other and just raising raising the stakes like a little bit more. How's it been to watch us like our journey? It's been super cool. Yeah, yeah tell us because I, I I don't know that side of it. Like 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 I came in, and I'm sure Jake came in and felt the same things. Like 
there's only a certain number of guys that really want to go with us. Yeah. yeah and, and again, that's kind of a, there's a little bit of an ego thing there, but you know, nobody, nobody likes to be the, uh, the dude that gets crushed in the gym, but it's going to happen, right? It doesn't matter. Um, you know, I've been competing since 2000, October, 2014. As a white belt then? Yeah. Oh, so you're like right so off the I, bat. I started right off the bat. You know, my very first match ever, I got my ass kicked. I got destroyed. <laughs> Um, but then went on and came back and like avenged myself after that. And, you know, to, so to see you guys go from, you know, purebred wrestlers, right. And to watch you kind of like, oh no, I'm just going to go out and I'm like, I'm going to machine right through this shit and everything else. And, you know, then all of a sudden it's like, well, what happened? You know, type thing. If you come up short, right. But then to turn around, um, and see, you apply the same ec- the same work ethic and the intelligence of picking up the jiu-jitsu and to marry the two, and now you're this amalgamation of the two. Um, it's scary, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's also cool. You, and, you know, like watching that highlight reel of, uh, of Jake. Fucking unbelievable, When that right? guy tried to Uchimata him and he yeah. just locked his hands around. Yeah. And ah. as soon as I saw his hands, I knew it was going to happen before <laughs> it happened. I went, oh, shit. And he dumped this guy so hard. The guy's probably 30 pounds bigger than you. He's a big guy. Yeah, he was a good-sized dude. but says in the absolute. Jake cartwheeled him, dumped him on his ass, and that that guy's probably still feeling that slam a few weeks later. He was done. He He knocked him straight stupid because the athletic athletic trainer went out there and and asked him five questions. He got like four and a half wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you're done. It's I'm like, Batman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're still good enough to be a firefighter, but uh, the uh, you know to see uh, what I really picked up on watching you guys' matches were if you from a technical standpoint, if you look at at Jake's matches, his footwork was unbelievable. Right, it was just he was sharp. He was on point with everything, and his hips were unbeatable. And so to see that. You know, there was there was that that mixture of, of pride, like hell yeah, man, go get it. Like yeah. it's good to see him doing that, and a little bit of like, ah oh, shit, now I'm gonna have to like up my game to keep up with that. You know, and because they did, I want to take myself to the next level. And so to to see you guys obtaining that level of success on the the big stage, you know, yeah, absolutely, absolutely super cool. It's a, it's a true honor. And yeah, because you know, yeah, you walk in, it's like this fucking dude can't even tie his belt, right? <laughs> yeah. a big dumb wrestler, I, I like still can't. Yeah, <laughs> come here, Mongo. Come here, yeah. come here. You know, well, and then I'm pretty sure I'm still doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, Alex tells me all the time, "Will you please watch a video how to tie your belt?" I'm like, "I'm tied like a five year old, dude. It's totally good." <laughs> but I mean, as, as a teammate and as a friend and everything, that's what you want to see. You want to see you guys putting the the pieces together. And going out, and yeah, and like pretty much calling your shots, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do this today, and whether it's for your mom, whatever your motivation is, but to be able to go out and do that, right, and do it systematically, and then to continue, because now you're gonna take that that success, and you're just gonna build off of it, right, and so that's gonna be infectious. Oh yeah, that's gonna make everybody else want to bring it up more. That's right? what I was saying. Like like in the gym right now, there's fucking guys are getting good in the gym right now as a yeah. whole. Yes. Like it's, it, I think. Since I've been there, it's only been it's been almost two years since I've been there. Like, the level of um, uh, has gone way up in the last four or five months. I don't know why, how, or, or like whatever. But we have some legitimate dudes that are actually getting really fucking good right now. Yeah, it's awesome. It's and fun to watch too. Yeah, but I mean, we we have 
guys like you to thank for that. I mean, you guys yeah. come in mm. and you, well, but it's everybody has to elevate their game, right? Right, and so that's that's what it's all about. So it's awesome. Um, Brown. So last tu- last Tuesday you got the Brown. When Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I forgot. Alex called me. I'm like, God damn it! I'm, I'm like, I'll try and get out of it. I don't know if I can, but uh, do you see it coming? No, they're pretty good at hiding it. <laughs> they are. Um, you know, I I didn't expect to be promoted to brown belt at all. You know, I, I did because that one day we came and you're like, oh, I'm now 387 days at purple. I'm like, god damn, he's been at purple for a long time. Oh, well, I was just laughing because you know we check in and it tells you how long you've been at your rank and like how many classes you have. So just like a little a, reminder. Yeah, thanks yeah. for the reminder. You know, like, cool. No, I was I was 699 days at, at purple belt and 380 something classes at that rank, and it's like okay, you know. And this is why I don't. Uh, this is why I don't punch in on this thing. I don't need that fucking <laughs> reminder anymore. But uh, no, I didn't see it. You know, I I was just trying to trying to work and be the best coach that I could, and right. you know, trying to focus on. You are a great coach, and like that's what I was telling Alex too. I'm like, because you know how he likes to. He's like, oh man, like I know I need to start letting these guys coach more and this that, and the other. I'm like, dude, I'm like Jeff's a fucking great coach, dude. Like you're probably for me, you're probably minus Alex and Alicia, you're probably the number one guy for me. Like you're able to break it down to us, to us monkeys, like way better than than everybody else. Uh, that means a lot, and I appreciate that. I mean, I I always take it very seriously because I don't want to be the reason why somebody gets something wrong. Right, right, and especially, you know, I I so I get I get nervous when I have to teach. But really? I, I lo- oh yeah, but yeah, I but I love tell. I love it though. You know, yeah. and so if I'm imparting, then it, it's twofold i don't want to let you guys down i also don't want to let alex and alicia down right because now they're trusting me with their livelihood <laughs> and so um i definitely want to be the reason somebody goes out and like wow he, he said this and like oh shit okay <laughs> right. you screwed that up um but no i didn't i didn't see it and it's obviously a uh another step up yeah well, so, it's just i mean you're just you're knocking on the door of a black belt now right well okay yeah <laughs> you know i, I, I just it, it's gonna come eventually. It, like, that yeah, with enough time and dedication, you yeah. know, and all that stuff. But it's it for me. It's more, what are the marks I need to hit? What do I need to improve upon? What do I need to improve upon as a competitor, as a student, as a coach, and you know, as a teammate? What what can I do? Yeah, I mean, so. uh, Jeff's leaving the state because his daughter has some some medical issues that uh, will be better. Um, handled in a in a different climate yep. so um we're definitely losing losing one of our better coaches and friends um how, how does that make you feel uh if you look at my eyes i haven't slept in several <laughs> weeks it's been uh watching my daughter have to go through the struggles that she's had to she she's 15 and she's such a cool kid i'm so blessed with my my kids they're just they're awesome and she fell in love with wrestling you know and she was a high school wrestler and Getting to wrestle for her high school, she had a great coaching community behind her, had a great team. Um, they were all very successful. And watching her hit her stride with that, you know, as a father, it's what you want to see. And I didn't push her on it. I did, I'm going to let them do what they want to do for the most part, right? Um, but then to watch her go to the point where she's going unconscious and she's having all these struggles. Um, she has POT syndrome. And so it's basically her heart goes bananas, she, and she loses blood pressure 
or or her heart goes, she gets tachycardia, and she will go unconscious at the drop of that mid sentence, just out. No, no real warning. No, hey, I'm not feeling great. She gets no sense of it, right? And I mean, you can kind of by look. Now we've started to pick up on subtle cues. You know, she goes very pale, but she drops and she goes down, and she's gone down hard quite a few times. And she's been in the hospital, and we've had fire come out, and then. You know, so to see her go from being a normal teenager and, you know, doing all the wrestling and doing all the practices and and waking up at three o'clock in the morning because she has those tournaments and, you know, and showing that little dedication and uh, to watch that kind of get taken away from her, um, it's been heartbreaking, you know. And so the doctors were, after every freaking test known to man, um, and months and months of, of this nonsense, they said, hey, you know what? You, Phoenix is pretty much the most inhospitable climate for women with this condition, so you need to take her either up into up above the 35th parallel, get her up in the mountains with some humidity, or get her out on a coast somewhere. And uh, I'm not about to move back to California or Washington <laughs> with yeah. everything that's going on, uh, but we spent the summer, took her up to Montana, and things improved came back to phoenix and she went down again and then you know took her out to north carolina and things improved again we landed back in phoenix and literally at the airport her resting heart rate went up to over 140 and things just and it was like i guess this is a done deal you know it's, it's time to move and so that part you know the the high school she's going to be going to out there, the the wrestling team, the wrestling coach, they've been trying to recruit more females, and so it's you know our sincerest hope that she can get back into the wrestling room. Um, and then of course the biggest thing is you know having to I, the rest of Arizona. I love Arizona, right? But I've I also I've got a lot of bad memories here, yeah. you know, and so it's time to kind of move on. I'm I'm extremely grateful for the opportunities I've had, the, the relationships I've made, but to leave this team. Um, Jesus, that's been hard. That's yeah. been hard, hard, hard. You know, to leave Alex, I, I never even entertained the thought of leaving Alex and Alicia. You know, I've always talked about later on, I'll move to Montana or I'll move somewhere, you know, but that's a while from now. And to have that timeline shoved up and all of a sudden it's like, hey, it's here, you're leaving on Thursday, right? right? Um, hard, very hard. And so I don't want to leave the team. I don't want to. Oh, you're not leaving us. You're just going somewhere else. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you talked about you kind of kicked around maybe plans to open up a, a school out there. Or what do you? Well, do you... you know, initially I'm just I'm, I'm nobody in the jiu-jitsu world. Yeah, I've won some competitions and stuff like that. But I mean, in the, the reality is I'm nobody. Right? right. And so I just enjoy it. I love it. And um when this whole thing came about, you know, to much to my surprise, you know, they told me, they're like, have you thought about opening your own academy? And, you know, yeah. like, well, okay. I don't want to leave Carlson Gracie team. So, and there isn't one there. What other options do I have? Yeah. So, um, I could either be bitter about this experience and, you know, be the, oh, woe is me, or I can take an opportunity. I can work my ass off and try to make something happen. And, much to the credit of this team and I've had endless amounts of phone calls and conversations with people who are extremely supportive and are lending their help and people who run their own academies and have done so you know at blue belt and purple belt yeah. and so on and so forth and um, so there's there's stuff in the works that's good that's yeah. awesome man. Like, 
I think you'd be an awesome owner, awesome coach, stuff like that. Like I, I you're natural at it. So I mean, if you love it as 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 much as you do, like why not? Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, and thank you again for for the words. I mean, it means the world to me, honestly, you know, because you guys definitely mean the world to me, and, and so does this team. And so to to hear that I'm contributing in any minute way is it. It's definitely a big oh, deal. Oh, when it me. opens, we're fucking coming. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, I'm not going to be that far from the beach. I got, yeah. I got uh, world-class fishing and hunting. and I, all that's, we're just, Yeah, we're coming for yeah. sure, dude. Like, um, so, yeah, there's, there's definitely things in the works right now. And, you know, um, I don't really see myself. I was studying mechanical engineering yeah. here in the Valley, you yeah. know, and uh, all that. But I, I don't know. I don't see myself not being on the mats. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, how could you not be? Is there any schools around there or anything else like that? Well, where I'm living is kind of in a no-man's land gotcha. for jiu-jitsu. There are schools out there, but they're 20 miles in either direction from my house, right? And um, the only major team out there is Atos. Gotcha. And you're not yeah, going you know. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, or I, I don't – people who train – I have all the respect in the world. Yeah, I don't care what flag sure. you fly, right? right. And it, it's just, it's absolutely, you know, whatever yeah. makes you a better human being. And right. it's the important thing is your training. But man, I love my team. Yeah, it's not for us. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's so, uh, I'm, I'm kind of in a unique spot and it's a growing community. And so there's definitely some possibilities for something big there. Awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. And Jake just recently got purple when, how long ago was it? Thank God. I know. <laughs> Well, because uh, Jake is kind of, you know, he's had things come up in his life, and he's been in, in and out of the gym. So, um, you know, he didn't have consistency in his training, and our coach is one that, that will hold you at a belt for a long time, uh, especially if you're not consistent, no matter what the reason is, whether it's by your choice or life comes up, stuff like that. So, uh, like, when Jake shows up to a room and he in as a blue belt and he's <laughs> – Tapping out purples and browns, stuff like that. <laughs> guys, 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 guys take a they take a deep breath and like, fuck, finally he's a purple belt. Now I don't have to be getting tapped out by a fucking blue belt every time I fucking see the guy. So uh, so that's what Jeff means when he says like, you know, fuck, finally, thank God. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah, it's been been an interesting couple couple of years. So wound up in and out of the gym. <clears throat> I kind of I mean going back to the loyalty thing, like. It, it's insane the amount of support that Alex and Alicia have shown. Like, they're in all of it. Like you said, my and my, my daughter was born. She's got some special needs, which sparked some need to leave um, and help take care of my family. And then, and then uh, wound up going going through a divorce right now. And when that all started, that was another reason to kind of back having to back off and come up with some money and <clears throat> lawyer fees, all that stuff. But through it all, like, yeah, they've been unbelievably supportive. <clears throat> um, and yeah, I spent six years as a blue belt. Whatever. <laughs> 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 eh, <Yeah>. <laughs> but which, which to me, like, like I said, coming from wrestling, it's like belts have never really meant anything to me. The only thing that it means to me is that m my instructor, you know, think that's what my instructor thinks of me, which is kind of, it is important. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm starting, I'm starting to see the importance in it. At first I was like, I, 
You can give me a blue belt for the rest of my life. I don't care. Yeah. I'm still, I'm going to take it off and choke somebody with it. <laughs> I don't care what color they're wearing. But, but yeah, it, it's, uh, and it, it's cool now that I get to compete at a higher level too. Yeah. That's a, that's probably my thing that I'm most excited about is increasing the competition level. Right. So I yeah. didn't see it coming that day. Did you see it coming that day? No way. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe yeah. the end of this year. I thought that yeah. I was, I thought he was going to hold off until worlds and yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, not after that video, not after that <laughs> performance. I went, he's he's purple belt. He's I knew it. I was like, man, he's purple belt. Yeah. But yeah, pretty cool. Growing and growing in anything is cool, but yeah, especially this stuff. Not stopping, fucker. Better not. Oh no, I can't. I can't, man. I'll lose. I'll lose my mind. Yeah, I hear yeah. you. That, it you. keeps me sane. Like you guys said, yeah. that, it keep it brings a reality to your problems yeah problems aren't that bad no when you've been <laughs> if you're on the edge of going to sleep because someone's trying to choke you <laughs> after that life's pretty easy yeah. yeah you know you can get a call from call from a lawyer or call from whatever the world's falling if it's not falling on your head you're not feeling it so yeah. when you're not <clears throat> whenever you feel that the cool thing about you i think anyways you know the cool thing about jujitsu is you actually feel pain and like experience, you experience stuff where the rest of the world can, if you don't have that, everything else feels so heavy and it just takes the weight off of all those fake problems. Yeah, for those sure. Those things that you just make up in your own mind. It gives you real problems to, this is what pain really feels like. And this is what it's like when things really suck. And, and so it gives you that. Yeah, it gives you that that perception of, hey, these fake problems are fake. They're, They're just fake. the problems that you're creating in your own mind. It's the weight that you create yourself. So, yeah, <clears throat> without it, uh, without it, uh, everything would be very heavy for me. <laughs> yeah, it, just because all those artificial problems would become heavy really fast. But I can't, yeah, I can't get away from it again. It keeps me sane. Yeah, I'm not stopping. Like I, like I said, I'm, I'm all in. And um, the, w one of the things I don't know what you guys think, but for me is like um, I'm really good at learning shit and then moving on to something else because I'm a quick learn most times. Learn this, okay, I'm done. Move from here. But for this, what it, what I realized, and not when I started, did, did I realize I was leaving uh, a tournament and I was texting my black belt buddy from GD and I'm like, hey man, I went down to fight the 30 year old, did pretty well. Uh, definitely have some shit that I need to work on. And his response back was, there's always something to work on. Like, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> but that, uh, that, uh, that's actually good for a guy like me because what I realized and, and what I really realize now is there is no end to it. There's, there, you're, you're never going to master it. It's like, infinite. It is. It and, is. And that's what I fucking need. I need the infinite problem to try and solve to, you know, to kind of keep me in that game. I don't know if like you guys were that way, but that oh, but yeah. that's how it is for me. Yeah, in jujitsu, there's always a solution for every problem, and every problem for a solution. I mean, it just it it's unbelievable, and that's why I'm so stoked to see, you know, to have guys like you to train with. You know, and my my oldest son just started training not too long ago, and as a dad, it was like, yes, okay, you know, <laughs> please, thank you. That's I I couldn't be I, I've always been proud of of my son, but to watch him go through it and see him click and be okay with being uncomfortable it's like yes thank you thank you absolutely because it'll it'll teach him so much 
Yeah, and we're always trying to figure something out. It feels like, and it, it's truly, ch- it's truly chess with pajamas on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> key rash and all kinds of fun yeah, stuff. Everything else, Chris. Uh, like, since you're not in this world, and like, what did like, what, what do you pick up from this conversation? Um, well, I pick up a lot of uh, a lot of things that um, kind of drew us to the professions that either all of us have right now or have had. There's a lot of similarities. There's the um, that 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 enduring sense of and and that shared shared misery a little bit yeah and figuring things out and trying to solve other people's problems and it's and it's hard on us obviously physically mentally all of it um so uh i think we used to describe that as a little bit of combat love um that not not many other people actually uh get and uh and then that there's consistently that for you guys and that that and there's actually probably a bigger community of people who share those those uh, similar um, feelings or understanding or that that need for that camaraderie than we probably even uh, you know typically recognize until you get involved in a group of, of folks and, and doing something like this yeah so it, it's actually it's, it's really cool to watch from the outside although it just makes my joints Hurt <laughs> you guys talk about it. ours too. <laughs> you yeah. do walk around in pain all the time. Yeah. You're just like, oh, something always hurts. Always uh-huh. hurt. Yeah, I actually hurt myself the the week before a tournament. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I just pulled this. I'm a week out. <laughs> it's yeah. hard. It's always something. But I, I don't. There's there's nothing else for me. Mm-mm. Really not. It's just like the like, and I hope uh, you know my kids eventually get into it, stuff like that, like, because there's so many life lessons in there. Wrestling, for sure, but, you know, jiu-jitsu, it's, it's something different. So I think that's kind of a good good place to end it. you guys want to say anything else? No, just thank you very much for having us, man, and, and thank you for everything you've taught me. Genuinely appreciate it, both of you guys. I know you guys have taken a lot of time, your own time, to, to teach me a lot of stuff, and, man, I've just, like, soaked it all up, and I'm so I've genuinely enjoyed that. It's been an honor. I think so it's thank you. more on the other side. We've showed you a little bit. You showed us a whole shit ton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, man, it's been good, been good knowing you. And I mean, like you said, we're gonna go up there, but yeah. but yeah, we'll miss you, dude. Yeah, man. Can you just get a bunch of fucking white belts and then call us and like, hey, and I now have twenty five <laughs> white belts. Can you show up? That's how it's all gonna start, you know. And that's that's what I've been told is, hey, you just you just recruit a bunch of white belts, you practice on your white belts, and then. <laughs> The way it goes. Yeah. So because uh, because we just want to go out there and fuck off. So just get a bunch of white belts <laughs> yeah. there. So you, you know, yeah, you're trying to handle your Kimura from 25 students, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of them will catch you. Don't yeah. worry. For sure, Chris. You want to close this out? Yeah. Well, uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's always interesting sitting in here, and 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 I I think I understand how difficult it is. You guys are telling. You know, kind of intimate details, and you're you're looking at me like, hey, who's that guy sitting across? So I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you'll sit here and, and do that with, with with all of us, but me in particular. And um, yeah, so uh, you know, I think we're up to like ten or fifteen listeners. So there'll be <laughs> ten or fifteen of your friends will actually uh, hear this. Um, <laughs> we really really appreciate you coming on, and uh, you know, we can you can catch us anywhere uh, you can find uh, quality podcasts. Yeah, it's not uh it's not goodbye. It's till we see you again, dude. Absolutely, so, brother. See you again. Love you guys. Yeah, love you guys, man. Appreciate Talk it. Talk to you guys soon. See ya. <laughs>
Today's episode is brought to you by Reef Builders, winner of Best of Howes, five years running. Reef Builders is a Tempe, Arizona-based, full-service design-build construction company. What's a design-build company? It means you deal with one company for everything. Reef Builders is able to take your vision and bring it to life by drawing your plans, producing photorealistic, high-resolution 3D renderings of your kitchen, baths, and more, helping you design and pick your finishes, and finally, executing that vision. With their years of building experience and a superior client experience, using tools such as online project management software through their client portal that allows you to see your renovation in real time. Whether you're in town, on vacation, or living in another state, you have access to job progress photos, your build schedule, financials, and much more anywhere in the world. So if you're looking for a complete bath or kitchen renovation, a complete home renovation, a custom home designed and built, or a boutique commercial project built out, Reef Builders can deliver it. Reef Builders, your vision, their experience delivered. 